With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, I'm George TK, and mischievous pisser possum are not welcome in these parts. You're listening to Pastor Lindstedt's The Movement Turd. who went ahead and got caught zogbotting. And so he went to a federal prison and he got his asshole raped out by niggers. Now he's in a halfway house and probably still get his asshole raped out by niggers. No, this is not the fucking Hal Turner Show. Nor is this the peerless Goodmanser Show Radio Free Nimtardation. We don't have Retarded Mamzer and Jewboy and Wigger Faggots like the intern or the Reverend Boa Cocksucker. Nor is this the Finkel City Show. We don't have Judah Brown Mamzers from Mentor and Rabbi Finkel City, the joisy, shitty spit killer, going ahead and reading some Wikipedia articles about Hitler. And going ahead and practicing papist preterism. Nor is this the Rabbi Elier Show, where you have a Chicago Shepardic Jew boy, formerly known as Juice of Stalin, Cuss November, Yappy Shit. No, this is the Movement Turd. And also known as the Dick Dick Show. And your host is Pastor Martin Luther Drzezinski Linstead. And if you want to call in, and if you dare, call in. Hail victory, folks. Greetings, Zogling, Winger, Mams, and Ass Clowns across the road at Zog Plain here in the open air Coast Coast Nuthouse. We call Zog Babylon the third and the final, but the show is always is aimed at the lost and found sheep of the house of Israel. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Christ's call. Greetings. This is what episode number two hundred and seventy nine of a you know a little over six hundred of the movement turd. Uh, heck, there's a few lost episodes <laughs> somewhere between late February 
and uh, hell, I, you know, I mean, there's a number of lost episodes. I'll admit that, and they were only on MP3, and I haven't played them. Uh, usually, I do play. Well, let's see. What's tonight? Tonight is the 24th of March, 2015. It is right now. It is uh, what around 10, you know, 10, 10 or so p.m. So this show is actually fairly early in terms of being late. Now I said it would start 9:30. Well, I opened the chat room at 9:30, and we had guest number three. He showed up early. He's probably a Zogbot or something like that. Popping Cat, uh, another suspected Zogbot, who has probably the best. Your broadband connection of anyone in the bowel movement here. He might be listening from the J. Edgar Hoover at J. Edgar building along with special agent in charge Shaniqua Shemail and Uncle Tom Zog Pig Bowie and Boob aka Wolfowitz Wailing Wallstein. <laughs> Hell, they're just probably just munching down on dog nuts and listening to the movement turd, where you can find out what the hell is going on in the bowel movement. And I am going to get, I'm going to get to, oh, the organized chaos, which is uh, the National Alliance. Uh, the Nargers, the National Alliance Reform and Restoration Group, uh, or I call them Nargers, you know, sort of like niggers, but Nargers. The Nargers don't really have anything to say about it. They're, they're just looking at the uh, train wreck here, which is caused by Wiggerswell. You know, Wiggerswell, we lost. The, uh, you know, or Buffalo, you know, Buffalo Wiggerswell, we lost because supposedly he beats all his humps. <laughs> he, uh, he appointed this character named Randolph, you know, what, Dilla, what the hell was his name here? Anyway, you point this character to look at the, to look at the, uh, oh, look at the, uh, you know, the books here. And this guy found out that everything has been fucked up. Ralph Randolph Dillaway. Now he's a goofy looking tard. He looks like, you know, he looks like he's been in a fire or something like that. You know, he lost most of the, you know, most of the hair or most of the, you know, skin off his face here. He looks like he'd been burnt or something like that here badly. But anyway, he's an accountant. He was hired by Wiggerswill, by Wiggerswill in December to conduct a forensic audit of the organization's bank statements. Now, what happens, Wiggerswill, Wiggerswill went and he got it. He got it from Eric Lieby. Now, I pointed out, it's well-known, it's well-known in the movement, although you will get banned for saying it, it is well-known in the bowel movement, that if you, well, let me see, if you dare to talk about how William Pierce got this compound, not because he was a great intellectual, he was just simply a, he was, he was just simply a struggling nut, who didn't even have tenure like Kevin McDonald. Oh, by the way, Wolfowitz Welling Wallstein or Boob was bitching about Kevin McDonald, Dr. Kevin McDonald. Now, folks, I have downloaded a number of Dr. Kevin McDonald's books here, The Culture of Critique. And I think I managed to plow through 12 pages. I mean, hell, he's more boring 
than Adolf Hitler and Mein Kampf. I mean, with Mein Kampf, I was able at various times to get three chapters in, or you know, I think one time I got as many as six chapters before I started moving around because I already knew how I already I already knew how, what the ending would be like here. You know what I mean? And it wasn't as good as Gone with the Wind. You know, in which I also knew the ending too here. You know, from the movie. But. <laughs> Uh, you know, Dr. Kevin McDonald, he asked to explain why Jews are different than Uyghurs. Well, yes, uh, Jews are the spawn of Satan. That's a simple, that, that's a simple explanation. Dual seed line Christian identity before Dr. Kevin McDonald studied Jews, we knew all about them. They were literal, literal spawn of Satan here. I mean, they can act good. You know, be they like Eli James, you know, smart ones. Or be they evil nigger nose thugs like, uh, you know, Baal think here. They're the spawn of Satan. They can go ahead and talk no devil or papist preterist all they want, but they are the spawn of Satan. So you don't need to read 500 pages, you know, to go ahead and explain it. But here is old, here is old Wailing Wolfowitz, you know, Wailing Friday night. And Uncle Tom, you know, Uncle Tom's Zogpig Bowie went ahead and unleashed the beast here. After him and, uh, you know, Wolfowitz, Welling Wallstein, and sometimes Chattering Ed of Clan of Mamsers, this total, you know, pictish mongrel retard, uh, who plays, you practice CI without a clue. And of course, you know, Long Island Brian here, who for some reason was hinting that he might be part Jew Pollock. Now, once you end up having these critters, you know, like Fist of Yahweh, admitting they might be part Jew or part Edomite or something like that, sooner or later they're going to be gone. Sooner or later they're going to be gone because, you know, in many cases act like a self-loathing Jew boy. You know, I've had a few come, you know, come to me here when they were young and uh, they would reveal other, you know, uh, Jew boys like Commandor McFag and uh, Jeremiah Johns and the rest, but in any case, uh, they were arguing with that, and I pointed out, here's old Willie Wolfowitz, you know, he comes down, he sits down, he gets him a beer, and him and me are going to fight like crazy, but it's 12 o'clock, and the show just cuts off at five hours, just cuts off at five hours. And regrettably, I didn't really be able to record much of it here, you know, because my MP3 player wasn't, you know, was Essentially, the battery was on the fritz here. It had been used quite a bit. So anyway, Wailing Wolfowitz, he keeps on yapping about, prove it, prove it, prove it. Well, we, I said, hey, do you know that Rabbi Bale Frank, who, uh, Carolyn Yenta, now, he's anointed Carolyn Yenta. Carolyn Yenta is a loudmouth Yenta. By the way, supposedly she's no longer on Blog Talk as of the 18th. I was looking, I was finally looking at her show. She's off of, you know, Blog Talk. So maybe her, maybe it's time for Talks to you. I mean, shoot, I mean, be it News Kike, be it anybody here, there is sort of, you know, the wish to go mainstream, sort of. And then they get on Blog Talk. I mean, I remember the Truth Militia. I remember uh what renegade radio i remember uh a number of them here they'd show up and then they would get kicked off of zog talk or blog talk and then it's to back to talk stew and 
you know, usually poor little critters just can't make it. Just can't make it that way. Poor little critter. Anyway, uh, boob or whatever here. Uh, yeah, I didn't really listen to uh, Savan, you know, Savan Camel Nose Packy Skanks. Pecky Shanks here. They were yapping about living in a world full of mongrels. Well, here's a nigger-nosed kike and a camel-nosed Pecky yapping about mongrels. I mean, this is as good a thing as the, what, the uh, cognitive dissonance and white nationalism. You have a nigger-nosed kike and you have a camel-nosed Pecky. <laughs> and you put their pictures side by side. You want to talk about cognitive dissonance here dissonance but anyway oh heck I was you know he sat down and I said well you know he was he was willing to agree that I was right that last November about Carolyn Yenta because Carolyn Yenta I think had told some more shit about him or you know which was true more, no, more than likely I mean she was right here you know the critter showed up the critter showed up and he used to talk about gold and silver and stock trading or something like that. I'm sort of wondering, well, how can you pretend to be a Bolshevik or a fourth position Bolshevik and you're yapping about buying and selling silver and stocks and shit like that? Now, that sounds more like a uh, bourgeois concern. Well... Anyway, this is what the killer did here. He was saying, prove it. I said, well, think. You know, think uh, he was on Ancestry. You know, I mean, you find out on Ancestry.com is that his daddy is related to Mark Lauer and his mother's led to Mark Patak. And then, you know, and then Wolfowitz said, hey, I didn't get on Ancestry.com. He hadn't paid attention. They'd say, hey, I found, you know, one of the targets found out on Ancestry.com. So then all of a sudden, he doesn't want to get on Ancestry.com and prove it to himself. The whole question is, you got to prove it to me, but you're not going to agree with me. Well, folks, hey, all right. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take about a 30-second break, and then I'm going to take the call. All right? Call out for super ficking. Besides, you knew the job was fucked up when you took it. Call out for super ficking. Call out for super ficking. Yes, 17, you're on the air. Hey, it's, it's Brian. Oh, okay. Well, hey, you listened You listened uh, to Wolfowitz Wailing Wallstein. He was sitting down and, uh, you know, he was demanding I prove something, but then when he came down to actually proving it, he didn't want to have it proven to him, did he? Well, you guys were going at it, but there, yeah, I mean, he kind of chimped out a little bit on me, which kind of threw me off a little bit, because... I've been following him for a few years, and I, I'm not—I'm not going to talk shit about him. I'm just saying I, I kind of said, uh, "What does it matter where the Jews come from about the Khazarian thing?" And before I could even finish, you know, the rest of my sentence, he was like, "What do you mean? What, what, what do you mean? What does it matter where the Jews come from? You fuck!" <laughs> and I was just going to say, "Well, as long as they go away, and you know, I don't mean to 
some faraway distant land. I was just saying, as long as they go away, oh, what do you mean? You know, of course, it matters where they come from. And well, he's of two. He's of a number. He's of six. He's all, it's all, sort of like talking to an Arab. And he has about six different positions here because he's suffering from Peter Duncan. That's why you know, honest people, honest people in this movement, in order to have any leadership, you have to show your name and your face. If you don't show your name and your face, you're like a gender bender. But anyway, I asked him, what is a Jew? He calls them kite, you know, kite Jew. So I asked him, what is a kite Jew by your definition? And what it boils down to is that, you know, you can't be a kite Jew unless you're a senior kite Jew, unless you're a Rothschild or something like that. You know, a good little self-loathing Jew isn't really a Jew according to his nature here. And he yaps about you know, like Carolyn Yento, well, she, you know, from Hungary, there's only three, you know, there's only three chapters. Well, no, they were Magyars. They were related to the Khazars. Did you ask them where the Khazars came from? No, I, I didn't know. Okay, well, where, you know, where do you think the Khazars came from? Uh, me personally? Well, yeah. Oh, uh. Well, I don't know. I don't know much about the Khazarian theory, but I would think it's like from around in the Hungarian, you know, maybe Ukraine area. I mean, I'm not really that. I'm not that smart when it comes to that. Okay. I like that whole area. What happens? Um, what happens, Boob? He knows a little bit. He knows that Stanislaus, who was Prince Vladimir's grandfather, broke the power of the Khazar Empire around 910. He didn't kill him. He didn't kill them all anymore. You know, I mean, if you're dual seed line, Christian identity, you know, not like Think and Emma Hives or any liar who are actually no devil, papist, preterists. If you're really truly dual seed line, Christian identity, you realize is that you have had the struggle between the two seed lines, the Adamic seed line and the Satanic seed line through Cain. And chapter four is pretty well the story of Cain up to the time of the flood and uh, you know in any case the Khazars they appeared sometime around three or four hundred you know at well at around 500 they showed up and then in what 745 King Bulan supposedly they were white they were white Khazars and he supposedly chose you know Talmudic Judaism from the Pharisees, you know, from the Pharisees, you know, for, you know, to where they were writing down the oral traditions here. The you know I've explained to Dewey Tucker, a number of other people, I've explained that the oral traditions of the elders, you know, from the Pharisees, was not written down until after the temple in Jerusalem was the you know the third temple. In Jerusalem was destroyed. Now they call it Second Temple, but it was actually the Third Temple because Herod pretty well fixed it all up. You know, Herod the Great Big Edomite Kike. So, you know, you had Stanislaus, he broke the power of the Khazars, but he didn't kill them all. And so you had, you had a related, a related, a related bunch called the Magyars. And the Magyars now were no longer, cons you know, cons to be the Khazars cavalry but instead they were allowed to wander freely and they wandered to Hungary and so short a Hungarian is mainly a Khazar he got a little bit of white 
You know, we got Swalice, or like the Finns and the Sammies and the Uyghurs. Not the Uyghurs, the U-I-T-G-A-R-S here. And you have these, you know, Asiatic people in Finland, Northwest Russia, you know, in Latvia, Lithuania, you know, Estonia. You know, they are, they are a mix here. Now, the mix has been around for several thousand years, but it's still there. So anyway, you know, you know, Carolyn Yeager, she, her brother, and she doesn't deny it, her brother was chairman of the Hungarian American, what, group in Chicago. So she doesn't deny that. She doesn't deny that she, you know, that she was married to Theodore Kahant. She doesn't deny that, you know, any rumors of lesbianism. She's a feminist. She does not like white males being uppity. And as a result, she is what she is. But she, you know, I listened to her shows when she is talking, when she was talking and she was in November. She was putting the dis, you know, she was putting the smackdown on Boob. Said he showed up. So here's Boob. He sort of wanted to be nice to me because he said, well, Linstead, you were correct about that. But he doesn't want to, you know, he has his own little no devil, no devil variant, and he might be part Jew because, well, I mean, I've never seen a Jew yet when it comes down to it who's really a two seed liner because they don't really want to admit that they're born evil. I've seen that with young self-loathing Jews. By the way, I've seen something to where you were you were hinting that you might be part Jew. Or is that? I thought I said in the chat room. Over no, on no, Uncle Tom's odd page. You know, I, I do admit that I, I have a uh, half-Jew cousin that went to their bar mitzvahs at the end now, but... Cousins? Uh, that, that's up Cousins by blood? Okay, so they're cousins by in-lawship or something like that? My, my uh, father, you know, he's half German, half Polish, and his sister is the same as he is, half German, half Polish. She married a Jew. Um, so, you know, she had two kids with them. Well, you know, I guess they're Jew by their father's side. But, yeah, I went to the... They had two children together. Um, she she actually had a child before that, a, a son with a a redhead, you know, redhead guy who was like Irish or something. And uh, no, but I went to both of their bar mitzvahs when I was younger. And when I was in Jersey, I I was actually friends with uh, uh not like real close friends, but I I knew a Jewish kid there. So I went to three bar mitzvahs, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's like if I had something to hide, why would I even say that? You know, if I was one of them, and sure as hell ain't. But uh, I've been to bar mitzvahs and stuff, and I sh- and I remember, especially the the ceremonial thing when they were reading. You know, the, the I don't know what they were actually reading from. I just remember the after party. You know, that was fun. I'm not gonna lie, I was because I guess they were on well, be, 13. I'd be careful. About any you know, eating anything served by Jews because uh, you know, especially around Purim Fest and around Passover, uh, <laughs> I'd be well, very very yeah, careful. Yeah, I mean, maybe I. Uh, it's like all of my friends went there. I'm not saying oh, because my friends did it, it was okay. Like jumping off a bridge, you know, if your friends jump off a bridge, is that all right? But I mean, uh, with you know, with my cousins, that was one thing and. 
We don't really associate with them. I mean, my my dad's father, he actually denounced his, his daughter for marrying a Jew, you know, and until the day he died, he, yeah. he, he was real pissed about like, it. So. Like Mary, you know, like you know, Mary's uh, or Linda's or Mary's or whatever, uh, her brother, her brother, you know, had a shit fit about her marrying a Jew. And uh, he never... You know, he he was he was Louisiana coon ass or something like that. He just he just you know she got pregnant by this Jew and then she squeezed out a Jew and uh pretty well we had look we had uh, oh we had uh, Bruce Howard and Mary and I was I was looking a little bit at the chat here and old Bruce has already turned on me but I I don't you know I don't really expect any better because the kid's nuts here you know what I mean he's just he's just totally nuts. But anyway, uh, I was getting down on him, and he has a number. You know, he was going to actually sit down. He got he got him a beer, and him and me were really going to go at after each other. But it was around midnight, and so the show shut. You know, the show shut off just so we could get each other. But you know, uh, Bob, he has his theories, but he demands that you prove them to his satisfaction but he's not going to prove to his satisfaction and if he has a chance to prove it he's not going to he's not going to go to ancestries.com and look up William Raymond Fink the second he's not going to look up that character's ancestry here uh, from what I gather a Nimbuster Tard did go ahead and spend the fourteen ninety nine and did so uh, but on the other hand, you look at Fink's kids, they look like Jews. Uh, his... Yeah, but the thing is, like when you and... Sorry, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, when you and Bob were talking, you know, the, uh, I guess that was Friday night, um, mm-hmm. uh, he, he even said, and it pissed me off, because, you know, I thought he was for, like, white unity and stuff, because I certainly am, but he he, he said, oh, you're Pike Jew Bible, and or typed your book, you know, referring to the Bible, and that that just kind of threw me off. Like, what the, f- you know, that's just. Well, no, Bob. Th- there is no such thing as unity. Uh, Bob, you know, Bob certainly would not want to be in unity underneath me here. He certainly want, wouldn't want me hunting him down with a pallet slat here and beating his beating his balding, maybe mongrel ass here. You know, if he pissed me off, I mean, hell. Uh, Bob doesn't want unity with me, and I sure as hell don't want unity with Bob. I mean, this fragmentation. All these people, when they lie to you, when they lie to you, you you should know that you know someone who lies to you is someone who will you know he's already stolen your time. You know, and if he had a chance, if he would censor you, as well as lie to you, he'd kill you if he had a chance. Uh, Carolyn Yenta, uh, she cut that part off, but she's, I want to kill him, I want to kill him, because I was laughing. I was laughing, I, you know, I mean, you've heard me, you've heard me laugh here at, you know, that idiot, old bitch Bubros. Now, I figured out bitch is a engine or something like that, because, uh, guess what, there ain't too many jobs for old white men who are 65 uh, to where you're going to get a job every summer you know either at the timber either at the timber or the salmon cannery 
You're not going to get a job if you're a white man, certainly not if you're 65 years old. However, if you're a member of the tribe, you are and probably will have to go and put some work into the tribal, you know, the tribal functions, be it a timber, you know, this, this is a time, uh, during the summer, during the summer is when the, uh, the timber is cut. It's when the, you know, the salmon are caught, not during the winter, and certainly not, and certainly not in Alaska, in an Alaska winter. So essentially, here is Bob, and he's talking about how he's gone for years and years and years to essentially a place where he has a job, and he still has a job at the age of 65. What does that tell? What does that tell me? Along with another other hints here, it tells me the old rich Bubros is an engine. You know what I mean? Just the same way as Axis Skanky telling me that she went to a BIA or Bureau of Indian Affairs school. Settler kids don't get to go there. So you you find out a number of things when you ask. In the case of Bob, Uncle Tom Zogpig, I, you know, when April 10th he did what he did, I didn't really expect it. It just came out of the blue. You know, because I'm fighting with old, uh, I'm fighting with old uh, Wolfowitz Wellingwallstein. Well, when he interviews me in November, he's scared and he's circling around, and I, you know, I, I, I did my best to get in my digs. On the third time, he went ahead and blocked me. He went ahead and muted me. So these people are trying to deceive you, and if they're trying to deceive you. That means that they don't have your best interests at heart. I did a quick, uh, I did a quick uh, camera thing. I didn't have time to say it. Is that hey, Satan told Eve, go ahead, go ahead and be seduced by me. Let me have your way, my way with you. Go ahead and eat of the forbidden fruit because on that day you will not die like God tells you, like Yahweh tells you. No, you're going to be as wise as Yahweh, and you won't die. Well, eventually, she did partake. And guess what? She died, didn't she? Didn't she? Mm. Right? So you believe you be, believe a lie. In many cases, it's a willing. It's a willing, willful stupidity. And Yahweh isn't going to have much pity on you for believing willful stupidity. I have... I've been lied to quite a bit. I've been lied to by John Britton. I've been lied to by quite a few people. And in many cases, once you, once you, well, I mean, I, you know how he does a show every Sunday, uh, as he call him, Will and Wallstein, and I, I've been listening to his shows for you know, years now, and I couldn't even really listen to it today. I don't know why. It's just something that's kind of. I don't know, part of me just kind of said, ah, not really, don't want to hear it, and it was like only 40 minutes, too, it wasn't like a huge two-hour show or anything, but, um, I, I, maybe it was because of Friday night, he kind of chimped out on me a little bit, and he was just, you know, he, he was, he, he admitted he was drinking, I mean, you know, I, I drink Oh, yeah, beer. well, yeah. I, I, like, when I drink beer and stuff, you, you can't even tell, I'm, I'm just like normal, and I'm not a mean drunk, but he seems like a mean drunk, you know. He's he's just well, probably might be part Indian here. I mean, they turn sort of mean too here. Uh, it used to be a law 
I guess in South Dakota, I don't know if there still is, but there used to be a law. There's two things a white man could get in trouble for selling to Indians. You know, one was one was you know fire water, and the other was guns. You sold guns or fire water, you were a complete renegade. You were worse than a squaw man. You know what I mean? <laughs> because when the Indian gets fire water, he turns mean. If he has guns, he turns you know he, he he's definitely you know doubly mean. So uh, you know, I mean that was definitely a no no to do that here, but. Uh, no, he, you know, he, he's he been... Before that night, like when I was talking to Tom, it's like I kind of, uh, like a week before that, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, maybe, you know, I, I, cause, you know I'm, I'm, part of me wants to just, you know, stop doing, you know, show that all of it, you know, I called in right now, I'm, I'm here right now, but, you know, part of me was just saying, you know, why, why do I even call in to shows like that? I mean, you know, I, I think Tom comes from a good place. I think he has... Yeah, no, Tom. Tom. Tom is. No, he don't have good. You know. Beginning of the show, we start. You know, we're talking about the fucking Pac-Man video game. You know. Fine. It's what thirty-five years old. Big deal. Tom. You know, Uncle. Anything else to talk about? Fine. Uncle Tom Zogpig Bowie. He's far more dangerous. He's far more dangerous than Boob of DC. You know, because he's clever. You know, he's very clever. I can just see. I can just see. Someone like you, I think he was a good pig. And essentially, here you are. Here you are. You know, look at the next 25 years of your life here, being spent in the prison, being ass raped by niggers here because, you know, you trusted this real nice guy. Someone... Someone who, you know, that's why, that's why Eli James is far more dangerous than Bill Fink. Bill Fink is just such an evil Jew. Uh, what happens, Eli James is far more dangerous than Bill Fink because Eli James can impersonate a human being a lot better than Fink can. And the same way with Uncle Tom's Og Pig Bowie. Uh, he, you know, I mean, I was, I was charmed by him. I didn't, I didn't understand. I, I mean, what the hell is going on on the 10th of April? And then Tattered Flag went on and on and on. Now, now, now this mother of spawner of three, whatever here, I mean, here she is. She don't want, want white men telling her what to do, but hell, she's ovulating to Andre the nigger. Well, yeah, you know, he's anti-feminist here, and she is ovulating to old nigger boy. You know what I mean? And what the hell? I mean, maybe you're a mongrel skank, maybe you're a wigger skank. I don't know, but Uncle, you know, Uncle Tom's Zog Pig Bowie, totally dangerous here. Uh, by the way, uh, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday early, I went ahead and called in. I was not unmuted here. Did you catch what the reason for that was? On what show? Uh, you know, old uh, SS John. Yeah, SS John. I wasn't unmuted. Then you were. I was just wondering what the deal was on that. No, I, I guess they were interviewing that Mel guy, and yeah, yeah, but you, know, you, you, you know, he, in. yeah, he called, you know, he, he went ahead and let you in. He didn't let me in. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with anybody claiming to be Aryan nations. I mean, Paul Mullet. I said, hey, look, piss off, you know, piss off old Mogullet by going up to, you know, driving forty-five miles up to uh, 
from Chillicothe up to Columbus and you know, set up Church of Jesus Christ Christian Aaron Nations of Ohio. And he did about 13 months later. I mean, he claimed that he was the only CI CI dentist minister since Wesley Swift who could do weddings here. Yeah, you idiot. But, uh, you know, I mean, Mullet, Mullet is just simply a, he's just simply a petty criminal who hangs around here. And this Drew Bostwick, he's another, he's just another lost tard who plays at shit here. But, you know, generally... Well, real quick, to go, to go back to the same thing, um, there, did you see that video, um, they posted it on the on the Daily Stormer of um, like a 12 minute video with uh, Ransdell and Heimbach and in the beginning they were talking to the you know two young attractive white women no I haven't checked kind of, and, and then there was kind of like a nigger thing going on there and they you know held up their signs diversity equals whatever the changes every day it seems but uh, there was a comment that um that, that this guy Chris left, and uh, he calls himself Chris. I, I doubt that's his real name, but uh, he, he has like the Christagenia cross, and and you click on his name, and it goes to the Christagenia website. Mm -hmm. And he was like, "Oh, we shouldn't associate or you know have dialogue uh, with the niggers and you know with the niggers and muds." And I'm not saying that's wrong, but uh, he he said that, not, and he was like, "Oh, we got to follow Fink and not have." this and that and then I said well you know Fink is just running a website down in Florida and he's like yeah well blah 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 and I'm like oh alright good point and I, I think I said but uh what do you think about I know, I know you wouldn't agree with it but I said uh, what about you know people pro-whites who aren't Christian identity or who aren't Christian you know it's, uh, it's it's probably just Fink pretending to be another guy, but he was just kind of saying, oh, you know, oh, we gotta we gotta go by Fink's way, and you know, we can't even talk to niggers and stuff, and that's fine. I mean, but but still, it's like, what the hell did he do? Or I don't see any videos of Fink, you know, in in uh, largely white areas, you know, talking about race or anything. You know, I hear his, some of his radio shows, but. Yeah, he was just, this guy in the Daily Storm in the comment section was just talking shit about, you know, these young guys getting out there and maybe they weren't going about it the right way. It's, you know, up for debate, but we are at least trying to do something, you know. Heimbach, Heimbach is with these Greek Orthodoxers. And what happens, he's, he definitely looks brown skin. You know, he looks like a Mongol to me. Uh... I used to hang around, I mean, I used to be, I used to be censored by old Matt Parrott back when he was, oh, you know, moderating for Kevin McDonald and for Greg Johnson. And generally, generally, you know, the entire movement, it's just sort of like when I was in the army. I mean, they loved, you know, they loved having me out there in the field. Because I was a very, very, very competent, you know, very, very competent at getting these stupid niggers on the missile crew to go to the damn firing point and fire, you know, you know simulate firing a nuclear missile here. But when I was in barracks, when I was in barracks, oh shit, these people... They were just as glad that I joined the marching team or something like that because, oh my God, no telling what Linstead's going to say. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, that's the, 
that's the impression that I get. And you know, and and Carolyn Yeager is the same damn way. You know, she has her own damn problems, but shoot, she revealed she revealed that John Friend had a gook daughter. Now, and the character looks like a little fat, you know, you know, Italian wop anyway here, but he had a gook daughter, and he ended up having to admit it. So Carolyn Yenta. You pay attention when I'm, you know, she has Ron Doggett on and Trader Glenn Miller, and they admit that Trader Glenn Miller got caught in 1976 or 77 passing out, passing out clan things, essentially. You know, they left, they left a definite hint that Trader Glenn Miller, in order to get his full 20 in his pension, went ahead with snitching. Even back in the, what, late 70s. And, you know, then he went to the Lumbee Melungeon Indian Reservation. That was the first place he picked it, as if he's coming home to those who drove him out. You know, and the same thing with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Here is Will Williams. He brings this Randolph Dilla, Dilla View, Dilla something or another here. He brings him in to Dillaway to study to study their books and he finds out that these damn books are, haven't been honest since 19 fucking 84 1985 well you know what happened in 1984 don't you I mean Bob Matthews gave William Pierce $400,000 in a bunch of brown paper bags you know what I mean and the next day Pierce goes and he pays $90,000 he pays off his mortgage on his farm so all this crap about oh no oh no well, William, is William Pierce gone forever well if you believe what William Pierce said he did because he was an uh, atheist I used to listen to his videos but there's you know I, I talk to people and they're, they kind of like talk about him like he's still alive I, you know, I'm not like that but oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a god I don't know if you listen to this Heather Glebe she was saying he was a he was a horny old fart who liked anal sex with women and what happens, he was humping this here young skank who was hoping to get a kid from her, and he was just he was just in it for the pussy. He was humping her, and so, shoot, he was humping her for about, oh, the better part of six months, and she couldn't get pregnant. So then she found out that, hey, he'd had a vasectomy about, oh, 10, 15 years earlier. No wonder she wasn't getting pregnant. You know what I mean? So he was, he was just simply, he was a very smart man. Who's all together in for himself, and they, they get mad at Covington, and probably they get mad at me. But you know, you know, they admit they got money from the order. He got money from Bob Matthews, and what he did is he set up an L. I, I call it an Elohim City for creators. I mean, I was invited by you know, I was invited to visit Elohim City. I had no intention of going there because everybody knew it was a, it was a uh, it was essentially a snitch factory. You know, I mean, they were snitches all over the place. But on the other hand, they at least had the excuse. They didn't want to end up being murdered and burnt out like uh, that piece of shit David Koresh was here. David Koresh, uh, you know, I mean, heck, he had niggers. He was fucking niggers. He was doing all sorts of things here. But it used to be back, you know, back before Waco. In 1993, it used to be, is that weirdos like that, you need to go off by yourself and do your weird shit and don't bother normal people with your weird shit. You know what I mean? But now you can't opt out. you got to be under Zog Babylon. So that's, you know, but anyway, the Halloween City people didn't want to do it. But Covington got in trouble because he was said, how come, 
how come William Pierce is allowed to do all this shit? How come he didn't have to testify, you know, at Fort Smith like Trader Glenn Miller did, like, uh, like Dan Gaiman did? Dan Gaiman got, what, 10 or 12 or $25,000 for order money? He had to testify. Trader Glenn Miller got a quarter million. Although he said it was just 200000 but he had to testify. Everybody who got caught with that money had to testify except for Pierce. How come that is? Well, Pierce is running an Elohim City for Creators. Wiggerswell has been running around the whole time. If you look at that article, he's talking to that bitch, Heidi Byrick, that fat, you know, that fat bitch who wants some Judic. So here it is. He, he went ahead and hired this guy. And the guy looks... And hell, while Pierce was alive, they weren't keeping honest records. What Pierce wanted for his cosmetology, for his cosmetology bullshit, was nothing more, was nothing more than a way to launder money. And that's what he had. So, in any case, yeah, Finkelstein left the chat here. Service unavailable. Anyway, and you know it's funny about the whole National Alliance thing. Like when I was in California, I actually met up with some some uh, folks, like maybe half a dozen or you know six to eight folks, and um, uh, I met down I met up with them down in San Diego, uh, and uh, you know we went to like a restaurant down there. It was kind of like outdoors and stuff, and you know, they seemed like all right people. I remember there was this. Well, the younger guys, I don't know, it's hard to really describe, but, uh, there was one woman there, I think she was like Greek, and, but there was this one guy there, and he said he like lived down in Central America and had a boat or something. I'm like, oh, this guy must be a fed, and, and this was when I was like, you know, 17 or 18 years old, and I was just well, kind of getting into it. Well, Wiggerswell, Wiggerswell's always been a fed. He may, he managed to get a bunch of shit. So like Brian Rio, He's able to file these lawsuits. He was going to file in 2007 against Glebe. But he couldn't. You know what I mean? Because Glebe, you know, I, I you know, you know, old Rodney, I don't trust Rodney Martin either here. You know, he has old, uh, Eliar, and now he has that, uh, you know, he has, uh, is, Mo Gullet on is, there. Is he the one who does that all American nationalist shit? Uh, what happens is that, uh, yeah, he probably is. I mean, he's claiming to be Anglo-Saxon. He's just, he's just simply a... No, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's like this website, like, All-American Nationalist Network, and they have like... A oh, yeah, O'Codney, O'Codney. What happens, O'Codney? Why, hey, he, uh, he, he's sort of like, oh, Andre the Nigger. Remember, I was getting down on old, I was getting down on, uh, I was getting down on old boob toward the end. And said, so hey, look, boob, oh, Andre the nigger. Oh, no, no, well, how do you know he's a nigger? Well, can you, can you fucking look? Do you know what a fucking nigger looks like, you dumbass? I mean, J. Edgar. J. Edgar Hoover looked like a fucking nigger. You know, he looked like a nigger who might have passed. But, hell, J. Edgar was a damn mulatto. You know, same way with Andre the nigger. You see pictures of his, you know, of his thieving... Of his thieving, worthless piece of shit daddy, but you'll see pictures of Andre the nigger's mother. Why is that here? You know, I mean, you know, hey, daddy, daddy was sneaking down there and get some, you know, coontang from Beyonce nigger here. You know what I mean? Where's well, the, where's well, the picture? I wondered, you know, they have pictures of his father, but none, none of his mom. Right, right. Well, look at him here. 
and you 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 point out is that it was what all of it was all of what three years ago he used to have a little a little YouTube video of him and this jailbait Filipino girlfriend who looks like she's 12 or 13. She's a little materialistic, little Imeldo Marcos Jr. And hey, he put it up there a year and a half ago. He took it down. If you put it back up, you know, he's going to get a DMCA copyright against you. He has these pictures that Carolyn Yentes found out about little, you know, little, you know, Ethiopian nigger girls here. You know, little cone titties. Oh, that's wonderful. What, the last... I actually knew, you know, I actually knew a Palestinian Well, You know, he lives in, like, Israel. He's, like, I think he's half Palestinian, half white. But I, I've seen him on, you know, like, the Skype video. And he, he, he looks mostly white, but that's neither here or there. And he, he was real against England. This was, like, a year or two ago when the Daily Stormer, or maybe it was... Uh, total fascism back then and, and he kept like re-uploading those videos and they would just get taken down and he was real against you know England and at the time I really didn't get it you know or understand and now I'm just like uh, you know the whole jailbait thing and I mean I you know I come from you know like I come from the background as, as where I was kind of like a wicker at a time but I was like five you know, five or six years ago now. I mean, I'm 21, so I was like 15, 16, but... But four years uh, ago, he was an anti-racist activist. He was, you know, he was anti-white. And he was running... Really not the only one. There's a whole bunch of, like, uh, you know, guys in their early 30s, late 20s who are, uh, you know, they're supposedly pro-white now. Um, and, uh, you know, like, they, they only came through it uh, within the last few years, like, Wait, you know, they even have less years under their belt than I do, and I don't have much, but uh, it's just very odd, you know. It ain't odd. It ain't odd. They are what they are. They get caught. They get caught. I mean, they, you know, so like Brian Real, what, about three, four months ago, he's telling this Finnish, you know, MMA mongrel here that he's, you know, he ain't denying he ain't white, you know, that they're only united in hatred against, you know, white people, i.e., me. And, uh, you know, Fink took that one down. Fink hasn't taken down, uh, the one called Pray for My Success. He has it hidden in his forum, but Fink does not want to go back to prison. He goes back to prison and he, you know, he's, he's remo- he starts getting caught. He gets caught, you know, getting caught out in a, you know, in a conspiracy to lie, he's going to go back to prison. He doesn't want to go back to prison. So that's why that one thread is there. But this other thread, what happened to, you know, what happened to Wang? Well, it was another, it was another part Jew mongrel from Brazil, and there's the party Jew, and essentially Brian Rio called him a Jew, and he ran off, and then it comes back to where old Nico Finn Faggot Mamser here is saying, yes, he's taking drugs, he's doing this, he's doing that here. And I do got to answer two more of his stupid things, and how I'm going to answer it is that say, hey, look, uh, you know, look, federal judge, you said at the conference that you wouldn't be scared to notify the United States Attorney's, you know, Attorney, uh, United States Attorney's Office. Well, I'm going to go ahead and file another affidavit showing that he has deliberately committed perjury and wire fraud. And since this since this countersuit has been expanded to my church, I'm claiming the Digital Millennium Copyright Act is a deliberate act to violate 
the freedom of religion and freedom of speech uh, of the First Amendment it is a it is deliberately being misused and the way to present that is if someone is using it for purposes like Eli James Brian real we think does if they file under penalty of perjury they ought to get five years per event do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars and uh, you know, so it's a little mongrel he's just following up that here uh, the last one here and I downloaded it downloaded uh, luckily I, it was 38 freaking pages but I only had to pay three dollars I think there's a limit it was 38 pages of 18 of his bogus Lake County Ohio lawsuits to where he does the same thing I demand you strike all the responses I demand you do this I demand you do that and lawsuit number six was against some guy and he got a restraining order against Rio and his lawyer tried to get Rio set to nuthouse <laughs> but in any case ah uh, man hell that's that's the sort of thing that's the sort of thing we do you think Rio is like in his 20s no he was born in 1984 he's what 31 now 31 no I think he's 31 now yeah He's suing me. He's suing me for supposedly revealing the Lexus Nexus thing, and that came about by him. You know, he had a homosexual man crush on Johnny Tonto Britton, and he thought that old Tonto was blonde and blue eyed here and all that, and so he uh, he got involved in John Britton's lawsuit. And what happens is that uh, he was trying to get dismissed because he's doing Britton's nephew. Well, that's that's John Britton's sole claim to fame. That's why he's all mad at me. He's all mad at me and Dewey Tucker because Dewey Tucker had a picture of him and his daddy Rufus. I mean, John Britton has lied to me. You know, he's lied to me and he's lied to me when he doesn't need to lie. It ain't like it ain't like he's going to be out anything, but he wants to pretend to be a white man. Same way with Brian Rio. And you have these characters; they lie to you. And there ain't no good reason to lie to you. I mean, I've, I've had this one character, Trash Can Man. He admitted to me, it was about five generations down, he thinks there was some teepee, you know, teepee crawling, and he admits he's getting a crazy check. He admits he's somewhat fucked up in the head. And, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm part mongrel. For near as I can tell, I do believe that, you know, Four or five generations, there was some teepee crawling. Sort of like with old Wigger Square we lost. Well, no big deal. You know, but, you know, hey, uh, I'm not going to, unlike, unlike Fink and Eli James, why, hey, if you come to me and say that you're a mongrel, you are not going to, be, well, I, I'm not ordaining anybody, but anymore. I got, I got cured of that. Liar Bill Muffs, not the clueless, but, you know, I don't ordain anybody anymore. But, you know, I mean, you know, no, I mean, it, you know, as long as you know who you are, as long as you're honest with yourself, that's what you need to be. And that's why all these, you know, you go ahead and look at that article, Chaos at the Compound. You can tell that Will Williams, he hired this character to go ahead and look, and then he looks and he sees shit. No, after you know, I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna file a fucking income tax your return? Okay, well, hey, uh, you know, you know, uh, killed killed uh, racist bank robber gave me four hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that's my income for the fucking year. 
How are you going to put that on your fucking income tax form? Hmm? How are you going to put that on your corporate 1090, 1040 or whatever it is? The answer is you can't. You know what I mean? Can you? Well, no. So, hey, you know, but the government knew all about, you know, government knew Pierce had the money. Hell, every, every Asquan Wigger, you know, running around in them days, they knew damn well that Pierce had money. They know where it came from. Hell, Pierce's biographer. You know, uh, he sort of skirted around and Pierce wouldn't tell him. But it was admitted that the day after Bob Matthews, Bob Matthews gave him four hundred thousand dollars. He goes he goes to what? Oh uh you know, he goes to Hillsborough or something like that in poker hot ass county and pays off the compound mortgage for ninety thousand dollars. Where the hell did he get that? Out of housekeeping? You know, old, old Hatting the Meerkat don't want to admit to that. Well, hell, everybody knew he got the money. Zog knew he got the yeah. money. So what the hell was yeah, going I'm on? Trying to, um, you know, downplay, like, uh, you know, William Pierce or his, you know, the videos he did, because a lot of that kind of woke me up. But, I mean, didn't he, like, marry a uh, few, like, Hungarian women? Not the oh, he married, he married, he married, he married a Bulgarian woman. He, he was married, he was, you know, I mean, hell, you know, his first wife... Maybe a two kids buyer. Essentially, he she didn't want to. She was an intellectual. I mean, he was married to her for about twenty years, from my gather, and she didn't want to go to Poker Hot Ass County in West Virginia. She didn't want to go. She didn't mind the district of corruption. She didn't mind Arlington. You know, uh, no, she. You know, I mean, Pierce. Pierce showed up. Pierce showed up with. Let me see. Uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Commander Commander Rockwell. You know, he was quite the showman. And that's why he showed up. And essentially, Commander Rockwell used him to write propaganda for the eggheads. You know what I mean? Now, from my guess, most of the, you know most of the people there didn't really respect Pierce because hey, if you're somebody who likes getting into a brawl with communists and niggers and Jews and mongrels, well, hey, you don't really have much use for somebody who's writing a whole bunch of shit and thinks he's smarter than you. You know what I mean? But who is a coward? So what happens is that Pierce, Pierce uh, showed up and he worked for there. And there, you know, there's talk about mailing lists or something like that here. Uh, you know, Harold Kempton gets a lot of trouble for a, you know, a history of the bowel movement. But, 50% of it was by this Christian identity Christian identity guy called Rick Cooper Rick Cooper pretty well found out about you know found out more about the duck found more about uh, a number of them here Eustace Mullins supposedly was homosexual I mean all this other stuff here so in case Pierce he shows up you don't have no money but he writes a he writes a pretty good book here for this tabloid called uh, what, what was it called the Turner Diaries. Mm -hmm. And initially it was a serial. And as far as as far as having good characterization, no, it ain't very good. But it you know it for what it lacks, it you know it's always a thrill a minute on every page here to where okay now they're going to go ahead and blow up the J. Edgar Hoover building now they're going to go ahead and kill every nigger now they're going to go ahead and lynch mud sharks you know what I mean 
And uh, it's, it's funny you mention that because last night I was talking with a friend and, and he, uh, you know, he's he's around your age and and he, you know, he read the Turner Diaries, but he also said he read, uh, you know, Covington's book, The Brigade. And I said, which one do you think's better? And he said, Oh, The Brigade, hands down. He said, Well, yes, because well written. it it's a lot better, well written. But on the other hand, as far as I hate to use the term wake people up because I don't think that people need waking up. I think that everybody except those who are willfully stupid know that shit's fucked up. But essentially what it did was that I think it had far more influence even though it was a shittier book. Even though it was a shittier book in terms of characterization. The people there are just two dimensional. But you can't you can't it's not as good a book literally but it's far it was far more an active book at the time in 1979 it was very it was just simply you know and it's still unrelenting uh, you know his book Hunter is by far is by far you know literally you know, I, I read both Hunter and the Turner Diaries. His, you know, his, uh, when he had time to write, and he wrote Hunter, it was a very, it was by far a better literal, you know, literary novel than the Turner Diaries. But the Turner Diaries had far more effect. Because, I mean, it, you know, the people you're trying to write to, the people you're trying to write to are the people who will like, you know, understand the Turner Diaries far better than they'll understand the Brigade or Hunter. You know what I mean? You're looking for, you're looking for murderous maniacs who will go ahead and kill, you know, kill niggers and Jews and mud sharks because they, you know, not for, uh, you know, not, you know, not because they're, you know, I mean, someone, do you, do you, do you, do you think, do you think that, do you think that Joe Paul Franklin, <laughs> would ever appreciate Hunter, Pierce's Hunter, or Covington's The Brigade, or do you think he'd much prefer, as little as he could read, you know, the Turner Diaries, and understand the Turner Diaries, and act on the Turner Diaries far more than they would a, quote, literary book. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, right? From what I, yeah, yeah, from what I know, I fully, I think it was a YouTube video, and, and he had, like, two white girls in his truck, and uh, and he asked them both. He said, you know, some he asked them about like uh, if they fuck niggers, and one of them was like, yeah, I, I've been with niggers before, and slept with them. I don't know how he said it, and you know, he killed them both. But the other one, you know, was like, oh, I, I haven't, but I would, and <laughs> he just killed them both. It's like, and well, I actually laughed, you know, I don't have remorse or shit like that. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a young guy. I'm not like a type. That's that's the thing with you know Bowie and. And Wolf Wall Street, they're, you know, they're kind of too soft, you know, for me, actually. They're just like, they, you know, they, they, they talk a lot of good stuff, but... They're uh, not, you know, I mean, Uncle Tom's Og pig. I mean, he's, he's, he's dangerous. He is a pig. I mean, he is a pig. You know, he, he may be a laughing pig... Uh, most of the time he'll play good pig, but he is a pig. That, you know, there is no doubt about that here. Uh, I, I've seen, I've seen his kind, I've seen his kind, and they have caused, 
You know, I don't know if you heard the thing about, you know, my little made-up dream about me and my mentor, Jim Floyd, and a, a snake wants to get in the boat, and then a nigger wants to get in the boat, and then a, a wetback wants to get in the boat, and then a Jew wants to get in the boat, and then a pig wants to get in the boat. You know, and uh, Jim Floyd draws a line at the fucking pig, so snaps me out of my, you know, snaps me out of my funk here, and I go ahead and take the oar, and I beat ass, I beat a well ass with the oar on the pig, the Jew, the beaner, the nigger, and the snake. They ain't getting on the board the fucking boat. I, I've seen this, I've seen these characters before. I've seen them, you know, I've seen them literally, what? Five days after the Oklahoma City bombing, and they were introduced by this Libertune, you know, another Libertune Zogbot. You know, they're introduced, and they go in there, and they they cause a whole bunch of trouble for the common law court people. They cause trouble for this for these militia people. Well, I don't, I, mean? like a, I don't want to sound like a backstabbing asshole or anything, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do shows with. You know, Tom anymore. I have nothing against them, but it doesn't get any worse. It's like, oh, you know, we talk about fucking Pac-Man, and it's just, you know, we have, like, uh, the week before last, we had this fucking guy called in. Uh, I shouldn't be cursing so much, but we had the guy called in, and he was talking about drinking kerosene and turpentine, and, oh, it's not getting any worse. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, that's just not me. I'm, I'm kind of done talking, you know what I mean? Well, another they're not on. I I don't mind. I just don't want to. I just don't want to keep talking about this because I know all, I know all this shit already. I mean, it, it, yeah. I'm not saying I'm smarter than the other, you know, than Tom or, or Wolf Wall Street. But you know, even even Wolf Wall Street, he does a show every Sunday, and I actually tried to listen to it today. He's like, a the first 15 minutes. It was just the same old shit. I'm like, what am I doing? It's a waste of my fucking time. He's, you know, like I actually want to, you know. Wolf was wearing well. Eventually, I, I want to move. Yeah, you know, I live he, in Cali, a, and then now I'm in New York, and I want to you know, eventually move down south. Maybe, uh, shit, maybe even close to you, uh, Missouri, Mississippi, somewhere down there. That's, that's, that's well, he's story, a Wolf I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of just talking and talking. Well, no, it. no. What, what's the purpose of talking? I mean, really, what is the purpose of talking? I mean, somebody's going to do something doesn't talk at all. Uh, I had a friend, I think he's dead now, and I said, you would be, you would be a perfect assassin. I said, he said, what do you mean? I said, you have, you are about the most unforgettable looking character. You're what, five foot eight? You just look like every white man. You look like a, you know, you know, late middle aged white man. Who essentially looks like he works, looks like he works in a factory, looks like he does something. I mean, essentially, you're eminently forgettable. Me, I'm not. I'm not. And now with a half beard, definitely not. But I said, shoot, chances are. I mean, he'd been screwed over by lawyers. I said, chances are. If you give it a couple of years here, you probably could. Just simply ambush and blow the heads off, you know, a number of these lawyers. I mean, shit, you know, who, who, the, who the hell are the ones, who the hell are the ones who, you know, I mean, essentially a bunch of thieving ass lawyers. I mean, you know, there will be a bunch of stink about it. There'll be a bunch of stink about, but, you know, chances are you could probably get away with it. You know what I mean? 
chess is all well, you know, I mean, I mean yeah, but, well, uh, no go ahead but, but, but the guy I think the guy's dead now I mean he helped me a good deal uh, when I was in well, that house you, you, know, you had to give me uh, any advice you know because I'm open for it you know well, your your advice your advice same same way as what Covington says. Get you a get you a trade as a young white boy. You know, knowing how to knowing how to build houses or do electrical work or do welding or do something intelligent with your hands. You know, as a plumber. Don't take a shitty, don't take a shitty college degree and have, you know, what, $100,000 in debt over putt pulling. You know what I mean? Don't, you know, don't do anything, don't do anything like that. As far as, you know, I mean, Uncle Tom, Uncle Tom is far more dangerous, far more dangerous, you know, than that, you know, blowhard buffoon, wailing wolf with Steen here. I mean, shoot, you know, I mean, he's far more dangerous. You know, this, you know, this rich Uberos. I don't know if you were there about a couple months ago. He knew all about the history of ancient Egypt. Well, I, I asked him a number of questions. What do you mean Moses and the Jews, when they left Egypt here, they destroyed Egypt? When was that? And he didn't know. I pointed out, as I believe, the, you know, occurred during the time of the Hyksos, but guess what? It was, be, you know, the time for the, quote, new kingdom. You know, they didn't destroy. You know, in fact, they probably helped bring about the new kingdom as a result of rebelling against their Amorite, Canaanite, uh, Pharaoh in the Delta. But, you know, I mean, old Rich... I remember a little bit of that, though, you know, him, especially Wall Street, when he said, you know, your Kike 2 Bible or your Kike 2 book, I mean, that really, that really... Well, I mean, I mean, you know, here he is talking about Kike 2 book here. He, uh, you know, he understands a little bit uh, he has probably read a couple books one of them being that perennial favorite called the 13th tribe by uh, Arthur Kostler you know uh, you know he wrote it in 1976 and him and his wife were found dead because these Jews didn't like admitting they had no claim on Palestine that they were nothing more than Khazars well where did the Khazars come from the answer is that they were, they had been known, what, about 2,000 years earlier as Hittites. And they were destroyed by the Galatians at the end of the Bronze Age. It's called the Late Bronze Age Collapse around 1200 B.C. And so then they show up around, five, you know, well, a little bit around 550 or something like that. They show up. They're already there. They weren't destroyed, but they have an empire. And all Stanislaus did was just simply destroy their empire. He destroyed their power, but he didn't kill them all. They were, you know, they were allowed to run wild. And if you're into dual seed line Christian Danny, you understand is that both seed lines have been preserved to bring it to the end today. So here you have all these people and Eli James, he doesn't believe what he's supposed to believe, and he has to mute people because he is scared of what they're going to say. Think, he's even more paranoid. Brian Real, when he, when he used to have a show, hell, he'd mute everybody. You know, you sort of wonder what was the point to having the show. 
So, same way with old Wolfowitz. I don't know if you listen to him. I'm not going to wear money. He's smart, but he just, you know, he just disrupts stuff here. Remember? I don't know if you remember hearing that or not. He was not going to let me on. He was not going to unmute me. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he wants to do his own his own little thing. And, well, yeah, uh, but he doesn't want me. He doesn't want me. You know, really, you know, really killing his bullshit now, does he? Yeah, it's just the thing is, maybe I'm just realizing a lot of things right now about that. Well, you know, you know things in things in general, really. If uh, you if you are going to claim to be a scholar, the whole purpose of real scholarship is that you come up with your thesis and then you have to defend it against people who don't agree in many cases. And if you're not able to defend it, then guess what? That thesis ain't much, that thesis ain't much good. It's, it's more like a thesis than a thesis. Right? Mm-hmm. If you can't, if you can't, if you're going to claim to be a scholar and you cannot defend what you're putting forth, you're not really a scholar now, then, then are you? And, you know, and also, like, a old, it was actually a thing my friend pointed out. He was, I'm not going to name names, but uh, he's around your age, and he was listening to that show when, when you were on it, and, uh, and, he, and, and he brought up to me, uh, you know, when, you know, Wolf, whatever we want to call him, uh, Welling Wolfie, when he brought up a multi-gen- multi-generational war, like, uh, you know, even, well, you know, I'm 21, so uh, he said multi-generational, so I guess if I have kids, I don't know if I will, hopefully, you know, that'd be, that'd be a good thing, but multi-generational, like my grandkids or my great-grandkids, maybe then it would be, it would get better, like, we, you know, that's, it's just like what we gotta you know wait generations for it for, to change the thing you know we, I guess we gotta just sit on our asses now and hope for the best or something uh, multi-generational that always pissed me off are you talking about fourth generation war like these people are talking about yeah absolutely. okay well that, this was Bullshit. it was it was uh, initially the one who talked the most about was William Lind and I used to read his columns when I was in the nut house. And people said because it felt pr- pretty good. But pretty much as things start falling apart. I'm, I'm, I was looking at 60 Minutes. We don't want Afghanistan to go back to the way just like it was in Iraq with ISIS. Folks, ISIS was created by Zog and the Jews to overthrow Bashir. And Bashir didn't panic. He just brought up his he just brought out his tanks and shell you know, I mean, you know, his dad was even more bloodthirsty old bastard. I mean, when he had the PLO when he had the PLO causing trouble in nineteen seventy two or nineteen seventy three, you know, Bashir's daddy, Assad's daddy, Afaz, all he did was just bring out the artillery and he leveled the entire fucking you know, entire fucking town that they were in. You know what I mean? And then after they got enough, you know, after they got enough 155 millimeter artillery fire, they consented to being loaded on the buses here and sent over to Palestine. You know, uh, you know 
had the same thing. Same shit over and over. First it was Saddam Hussein, we got rid of him, and look at Iraq, and then we got rid of uh, Gaddafi. And yeah. I think there was something Gaddafi said. He said, if you get rid of me, like, uh, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of Africans coming. Well, yeah, that, that's exactly what he did. He, he took, he essentially, uh, Oh, Libya. Libya used to be... Well, what do you... Both Nasser, both Nasser and Gaddafi, there were young colonels who pretty well kicked out these corrupt kings who were financed by the Italian government or by the English government or the French government, kicked them out and set up what they call Arab Socialism, like the Ba'ath Party. And what they what they did is that they said, hey, look, uh, you're going to make sure that the average population, that the average population has enough to eat. We're going to use our oil revenues to make sure, just like, you know, just like in Venezuela, that the ordinary, you know, mongrel has enough to eat, has a whole bunch of kids. Okay, well, that worked out. But now you have a country like Egypt. It has at maximum, you know, it has at maximum what? It can maybe feed 40 million, but it has what, 85 million? What difference does it make whether it's run by democracy or by dictator or whatever? The answer of it is, is that it's going to have to rely on the United States and on, you know, Israel to give them enough food to feed all their mongrels. And, you know, that's why, that's why it's back now in the hands of the military. The Islamic Brotherhood wasn't able to make anything better of it. But what you're, what you will have is that you have all these critters who are not able to feed themselves. And that's what you're having in this country. Uh, you know, in Baltimore, let them burn the place down. In Ferguson, Missouri, let them burn the place down. But what the niggers will think is, well, hey, white man, you owe us. You know, you, you let it get this way. No, niggers, you had power and then you fucked it up because you're stupid niggers. You aren't able to run things. I remember, I remember in the nut house, here's this nigger who killed another nigger. He was a Kansas City nigger. You know, Kansas City niggers are different from St. Louis niggers. You know, Kansas City niggers are meaner usually, but St. Louis niggers, why they're able to kill more of their fellow niggers than Kansas City niggers for some reason, but he gone ahead and kill. I mean, some sort of dope deal or something like that, and he's looking at what happens in Bobway. He says, why don't you people, why don't you white men fix this for us? I says, hell, you kicked them all out. You went ahead and murdered them. You went ahead and distributed the white farm, so now there's nothing to eat. And you want us to come back? And then, you know, once we fix it, leave? I mean, what the nigger wants is he wants the white man to slave for him. He wants the white man to work for him. To feed him. He's like that Gary nigger. You'll find you a good white man here and lash on him. He'll take care of you. That's what niggers are like. And we should not be surprised at that, they're not able. They're not able. They're just simply animals. They're not able to do anything. But here you have in this movement, you have a bunch of people who show up, and they pretend they know something, and then when they get caught, they have to lie. 
And guess what? They get caught out in their lies quick enough, don't they? Right? Certainly they get caught out in their lies. You know? I mean, this rich character. He's 65 years old. Here he has. He's had the same job in the summer. Up in Alaska. How many jobs for 65-year-old white men in Alaska do you think there are? Hmm? Probably not many. <laughs> Probably not any. If you're going to the same, if you're going to the same job, that means you're, you know, you're part of the tribe. Now there are things that old bitch Boobros told me. He's making a big deal about Aryan, 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 Aryan. Well, folks, chances are you're not an Aryan. You know, the other thing is that here's old, uh, you know, here's old bitch Boobros. Here's chattering Ed calling me a child molester. If they if they were a white man, you know, folks, uh, way back in the you know way back in the early nineties, Michael Crichton was writing about how if you are a white man and you have a woman or a child or something like that, you don't dare shut the fucking door behind yourself because there's two. You know, this was you know this is Michael Crichton writing in Jurassic Park or let me see or Congo or something like that. By how you cannot, you know, this is late 80s, early 90s, you cannot, you cannot dare be alone with a woman or a child unless you're willing to risk that you could be falsely accused. And I, you know, I mean, I have faced, I have faced having my grandchildren taken away where they were do, trying to judicially murder me. Now, my solution to that is simply if you're a pig, you're a lawyer, you're a cop, you're a judge, we go ahead and we kill you. If you're white, we you know, if you're white, we make you bite off your spawn's testicles. We do a DNA test here and you know, hey, then you're gonna be a little dad you're gonna be my little Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach or Abednego. But I got the Bible. I got where Yahweh told Hezekiah that because he was just simply showing off his loot and Yahweh's temple loot to the Babylonians that guess what? His spawn were going to be turned into eunuchs. You know what I mean? Hell, this is just a minor thing. You know, what more if you are a regime criminal destroying white families? You know, don't you deserve that? You know, don't you deserve you have your bloodline cut off? I mean, how can you pay for what you've done to my family other than your family being utterly destroyed? Anybody besides with them needs to be utterly destroyed too. You know, when the Jews, you know, killed Christ and, and said, uh, "Let the blood be," you know. Listen. Well, yeah, you know, they 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 were they were. This is Matthew chapter twenty-seven. They, you know, you had when you talk about Jews here, to to a Roman, to a Roman, essentially having to govern Judea. I mean, you know, Herod was a big, you know, evil, you know, Herod was the great, Herod the Great was an evil, Idumean, Edomite, Jew pig. But to the Romans, they all were Jews. I don't care if you are someone who has been thoroughly Hellenized and white, and, uh, you know, the one that, you know, one of the high priests here, well, you're a Jew. You're a Greek. You're a Greek who's running around. You know, have you ever thought? You know, you heard about the term about the you know the the Gadarenian swine. 
you know, what the hell do you think 2,000 pigs were being? What, what the hell do you think that these 2,000 pigs were being raised for? Do you think it was being, they were being raised for the Judean market? You know, they weren't supposed to even touch pigs here. You know, but here's 2,000 pigs in Galilee. Who the hell do you think was going to eat them damn pigs? You think that they were just, you know, they were just like goldfish that they were being bred just to look at? Hell no! There were people who were supposedly Jews who were eating them damn 2,000 pigs that got infected with swine, you know, by demons here, right? What the hell do you think, what the hell do you think, a ma you know, 2,000 pigs, that's a bunch of major pig farms, ain't it, here? What, what the, who the hell do you think were eating them damn pigs? You know, well, the locals. You know, they didn't have canning or anything like that. You know, they were, they were a bunch of Jews, they were a bunch of what Romans would call Jews, who were Greeks and Canaanites, you know, who were eating pigs in Gadarene, in Galilee, Right? Who the hell? You, you, yeah, you, you, you ever notice how, like, on uh, every, like, commercial, you know, on TV, or it's like everything for food is like, oh, you know, we, we, they put it on shit, you won't even expect it, like they have ribs, oh, we're gonna wrap that in bacon, pizza, bacon, 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 Well, that, bacon, yeah. bacon, I must admit, here is delicious. <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, what, that's what that's what that's what am I that's what am I you know I'm not I'm not CI or at least you know I well I that's that's what my well. mother that's what my mother here I mean they put you know old fake you know, Rabbi fake here you know he was running around with this he was running you know this is based on what Victor Switzer oh his mother's name is Samuelson there Samuelson's a Jew name why yes there's there's a whole bunch of them out on Lone Prairie of South Dakota here you know what I mean and, and you know raising and eating pigs here on my German side of my family there was a, a Steinbeck and then but you know that that was German. There was, you know, yeah. probably white hair, light skin. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but any case, any case, you, my, my point, you know, bringing about the Judeans here, you had all sorts of creatures. You had these Idumeans, you know, who lived, who lived really to the south, you know, who lived to the south, you know, south of the, you know, south and east of the Dead Sea. That was where they lived around Mount Seir. And then you had Judeans, you had Benjamites, you had the Samaritans who were a mix of the ones who weren't carried away and these Cathians, you know, these Cathians who were called Samaritans. And you had Canaanites and you had Greeks. And to the Romans, they were all Jews. You know what I mean? So when you're talking about, you know, the ones who were sent upon ourselves, essentially these were these Edomite Jews. Now these hit now these Khazars previously they were known as Hittites. They were the fourth son of Canaan, you know, called a half here. And then the fifth or sixth was called you know, they were called Amorites. You know, they were essentially the blonde blue eyed, smaller nosed Jews. You had the Sidonians that think is claiming are Israelites. No, they were Phoenicians, they were Canaanites. They, you know, they sacrificed their children. You had all the, you had, you had, you, you had all these people. You had all these people, just like today. American used to mean a white. 
you know, a white man, a white European. Now, it means Paki-American, it means African-American, it means Chinese-American, it means whatever. And soon enough, soon enough, as time would tell here, as you get more and more Mongols and more and more breeds, they will, you know, the first part will be dropped up and they'll be called Americans. But they will, you know, all have what? Slant eyes and they will have brown skin and they'll look like Clay Douglas or they'll look like Brian Rio or they'll look like, you know, uh, Trader Glenn Miller or they'll look like Jeremy Visser. They'll just be a bunch of Mongols. That's all they will be. Sure, it reminds me of like this, there's this, uh, I know Tom Metzger didn't do the cartoons, I think it was like A. White, Wyatt Man, and it was pretty much like a, like a huge, you know, mongrel in, in one person, and he had like chinky eyes and a hook nose and kinky hair, and they're like, oh, this is the future of America or something like that. Well, yeah. Well, this guy, he wrote these cartoons about 30 years ago. And then he decided he didn't want to be a racist no more. I forget what his name was, but that you know, a white man was a was a name it, it, a white man. It was a name for the cartoonist, and oh, about twenty years ago, he decided he didn't want to be he didn't want to be a racist no more, and he left. And Mesker has been running around recycling those cartoons. All these people, all these people, you go ahead and you look here. You know, uh, you go ahead and look at what they actually stand for. You actually, you look at what they actually do. It's at variance with what they pretend. Anyway, let's take a couple second, let's take about a 30 second break. And uh, I'm not doing, I'm not doing anything else here. I want to, I'm going to go ahead and talk about, you know, uh, these characters, if they lie to you, they don't mean you any good and if they're not going to go ahead and tell the truth if they're lying to you they mean they mean you harm you ought to know better than do that and there is no such thing as junity in the bowel movement i mean uh old uh, we all we all if you want to take a break i'll, I'll, I'll okay we'll take a break but you know i mean look we all hate one another we all don't, we, we, we all pretty well hate one another unless we have something in common. I get along pretty good with Dewey Tucker. You know, I do not agree with Dewey Tucker. But I can get along with Dewey Tucker because Dewey Tucker, you know, somebody who wants to believe in reincarnation, no free will, well, Dewey isn't facing any, any problems from me because, hey, you know, those who want to agree with Dewey, why they can agree with Dewey. You know, those who do not agree, you know, you know, those who want to agree with me, well, they can either do it or they cannot hear. I, you know, I'm not really worried. I mean, I'm looking at some of these Nimbuster Tards. I don't really have a problem with them. If they want to show up, they can do so. Here, oh, it looks like Optimum showed up. Uh, I did a, did a quick show Saturday afternoon with Virgil, and Virgil wasn't Virgil drunk, and then he became Virgil drunk. You know, he, he wasn't drunk by his standard, which means he was drunk by my standard, but he, uh, he was slurring his words, but he wasn't, he didn't pass out. And then after an hour, then after an hour, then after an hour, he got Virgil drunk, which means he passed out. 
He passed out, so I was talking to myself for about a half hour what I was going to talk about. And I was waiting for Virgil to show back up. Well, Virgil didn't show back up. He was going to talk to the old Sloptima, and he passed out. So he couldn't talk to Sloptima while he was passed out drunk. You know, Virgil drunk. So we had about an hour, yeah, about an hour thirty show, but I actually looked at uh, these calls, and they have to be they have to be dynamically advanced by about two and a half, you know, two and a half percent here. So anyway, we're going to take about a thirty second break, and then we will be back. Hail victory. What do you get when you fuck with Jews? A kike with a plan to burst your bubble. That's what you'll get for all your trouble. I'll never fuck with Jews. What do you get when you kill a kike? You do the entire world a great big favor don't matter worth the shit as to kike flavor I'll never fuck with Jews again don't tell me what it's all about cause I've been there and I know kikes doubt out of those chains that bind you that is why I'm here to remind you what do you get when you fuck with Jews you only get lies and pain and sorrow so for at least until tomorrow I'll never fuck with Jews Out of those chains that bind you, that is why I'm here to remind you when you fuck with Jews, you only get lies and pain and sorrow. So for at least until tomorrow, I'll Never fuck with Jews again. No, no, I'll never fuck with Jews again. Oy vey, I'll never fuck with Jews.
Okay, we are back. I was uh, I was looking for uh, this link. I went ahead and re-engineered the Virgil show. So, you know, the show I did with Virgil. And it sounds really nice. Uh, or it should. Uh, I may have to buy me another modem or something like that. Maybe the $9 modem and the old uh, $20 router isn't working too good. That may be the problem I have. I will find a link to it in a bit here. Uh, did, you, did you guys do that show last night? Yeah, I did show yesterday afternoon. Oh, okay. Okay, did it yesterday afternoon. Uh, because... Virgil, no, he's a, you know, he's a drunkard. Uh, old Virgil, he's a drunkard from Mississippi. And he didn't know anything about Jews. Well, if you're a bankster, you gotta know something about Jews. I mean, but on the other hand, maybe he's, you know, he's like Christ here. Maybe he's hiding away, hiding out from Jews here. Let me copy the link address here. Uh, I don't know. It should, I, it sh I should have recorded I did, I did record. Maybe I need to put one on Mamsers. So, okay, here. Would left the Vatican if he was live today. Uh, he wouldn't have had any choice really in the matter. Okay? Let's I, I see. I kind of had a question, Martin. Sure. About, um, because I remember you were talking about, like, Fink, uh, hold on. Thanks, Jew name. Oh, yes, no, sir. I know that. I, I just remember you are talking about like dual seed line stuff, and that he said that he's he, he's not dual seed line, but like. Well, no, no, he he pretended he wasn't here. He was always a papist preterist. Uh, he came in with that with uh, this. I think it's a Sephardic Guido Jew, Clifton Emmerheiser. Clifton Emmerheiser showed up in 1996 or 1997. And he started out as claiming that he had Bertrand Compare's papers uh, from Gene, you know, Gene Snyder, who's Compare's legal secretary. And what he did initially is that he was redoing the Compare paper, uh, Compare papers, but sometime in in portions of it. He was adding his own little notes. And by 2002, 2003, he was openly anti, you know, Comparean two seed line. And, you know, that's why I got to thank Carolyn Yenta. Carolyn Yenta on January 13th had think, had think openly say is, you know, you, he, she was trying to, uh, was trying to, uh, Oh, ambush Wigger Square Williams. And Wigger Square Williams says, Well, that dual seed line, ain't that what Martin Lister believes? Oh, that's so awful. Ah, he's a clown. Ah! You know, same, same with think. And he says, No, it's a analogy of race mixing event. Okay, an analogy? No, I mean, if you are truly two seed line, you believe, you know, just like Will Williams said, is that you believe that Satan seduced Eve and she gave birth to Cain, who was the first Jew. That is two seed line. That is dual seed line. And if you don't believe that, then you're not really two seed line. Well, think, in addition to being a papist preterist like Eli James, 
you know, they they claim the Roman Catholic Church or Charlemagne or whatever put Satan in the pit. And essentially it wasn't Satan that was in the pit. It was Jewish usury. So they're talking about, you know, now poor Satan, I guess he died in the pit. And now the Jews, why, they're Satan. And there's a whole bunch of them that think has come up with that crap here. Essentially he's a no-devil. He's a no-devil believer. Well, shoot, why listen to think? When you have, what, Sheldon Emery. When you have Dave Barley, who's Sheldon Emery's uh, son-in-law. You know, married his little Sephardic Melungeon daughter. You know, has a whole bunch of brown-looking little brass buyer. If you want to, if you want to believe, if you want to believe no devil, you might as well stick with Sheldon Emery. You might as well go all Dave Barley and Ted Wheeland. Who actually have far more listeners than Think does. Right? Why bother why bother why bother if you're gonna believe in no devil? If you're gonna believe in papist prayers preterism, what do you need? Eli James and uh, Clifton M. Heiser and Bill Think for. You know what I mean? Shoot, just I mean, preterism didn't exist until what, sixteen fifteen when Jesuit? You know, uh, essentially Ferdinand and Isabella, they drove out the Jews in 1492. And so you had to convert. So the ones that converted, the ones that converted, you know, to Christianity and the Inquisition was designed to weed them out. It was designed probably by a part Jew named Torquemada to weed them out. And some of them were caught, but a lot of them weren't. Some of them went on to, you know, to the Netherlands, which was a Spanish colony at the time. And they caused trouble for the Spaniards. But, you know, pretty well there was, you know, once, you know, once they're, you know, once they get in there, you know, like Fink and Eli James, what they do is they change Catholic doctrine. And as part of the beginning of the Counter-Reformation, these Jesuits came up with the notion is that the Protestant countries were rebelling. They were rebelling against God's kingdom on earth. The Roman Catholic Church. Why, the Roman Catholic Church in 500, you know, under Justinian, whoever? Why, the Roman Catholic Church put Satan into the pit for a thousand years, and then guess what? He got turned loose just in time to whisper in Martin Luther's ear. Right? And, you know, now you know how it is here. Why you Protestants, why you're rebelling against God's kingdom on earth. The Holy Roman Catholic Church. That's where preterism showed up. It didn't exist until these Jesuits made it up. And here is, here is, you know, here's Clifton Emheiser. He's saying that the millennialist theory, which is under Compare, why that's, you know, that's correct. I was listening to think. Two Saturdays in a row. He's requoting, he's requoting Compare, but saying Compare all wrong. Well, what, what, why would Compare be wrong in 1967 about the Book of Esther not belonging and now this Jew named Fink, why he's right? He's smarter than Compare? Right? We need that for. Yeah, he's from, you know, I know I live in New York, but I'm not from here, but he's from New York and, that, and he lives in Florida now. Like no, he's, from, he's from, he's from, you know, he's from, he's from New Jersey, he's from Bayonne, he's from, 
you know, his kids were mainly, you know, he was a pig in the Jersey City, you know, in the Jersey City uh, police station where he murdered a Puerto Rican. No, he, he's just simply, you know, he has a Jew name. He is a Jew. His kids look like Jews, except for a stepson who's a faggot. You know what I mean? Who looks like he's part nigger. I mean, shoot. You know, think is what think is. Think's a Jew name. One of the one of the Nimbuster tards went ahead and spent fourteen ninety nine on Ancestor dot com and looked up Think and on his daddy's side he's related to Mark you know Matt Lauer and on his mommy's side he's related to Mark Patak. No, you know nothing new well, the here. SPLC, what, the SPLC critter. Well, probably. I mean, I don't know. Unless there's other Pataks running around, maybe they are, maybe they aren't here. I don't know, but. Essentially, thinks, you know, think is more than likely related to Mark Patak. You know, thinks it's you. I mean, the nigger nose sort of threw me off for a while, but, you know, shoot. You know, it's, you know the nigger nose has been, you know, a relatively recent thing here. Anyway, I need to, you know, look at Roxy here. I'm going to be up in about three minutes here. We're going to go ahead and take a break. If old Slopin wants to call in, uh, she can. And we will, you know, we will... Go back uh, to the Southern Poverty Law Center's, uh, you know, little stooge, Will Williams. Okay. All right. Well, there was some dog named Hal who thought the fibbies were his pal, so he went ahead and made a deal to fit. But he threatened judges three A Jewish slapped old Hal CP So Hal's gonna be my dick swigger bitch Zoggle fuck you up Yeah, Zoggle fuck you up If you don't obey the dirty Jews commands Zoggle fuck you up Yeah, Zoggle fuck you up So you best be a rebellion while you can Long ago, a rat named Glenn ran his comrades over and again. But Zog gave him a bag full of Zog bucks. A little Guido loves digging fox, pitches, tickles, and cocksucks. The colostomy bag's name is the NL. Zog will fuck you up. Yeah, Zog will fuck you up. If you don't obey the dirty juice command. Zog will fuck you up, yeah, Zog will fuck you up, so you best be a rebellin' while you can. I used to know a pop named Visser, a dupe mescuber little pisser, who was going ass to mouth with lion rod. Among that niggly molester, pop pisser, pooper, possum, chester, not a single one of them was very bright. Zog will fuck you up, yeah, Zog will fuck you up, if you don't obey the dirty juice commands. Zog will fuck you up, yeah, Zog will fuck you up, so you best be a rebeller while you can. Okay, we are back. Uh, I'm looking at the chat room. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> uh, the mustard tards being mean to old Slothma. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even oh, in there because I can only imagine what they're saying about me. 
No telling. No telling. So anyway, have you decided that I suck less then? Because you were all annoyed at me getting into all these shows here. And the thing is, is that I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not really too worried about all these shows. Now, I noticed that old Carolyn Yenta, she's supposedly not going to be on Blog Talk anymore. What I've seen over the years, these people show up, like old Rodney. Rodney ends up having old Eli or James here. Uh, from what I gather, everybody who I have named as a countersuit to Brian Rio, I am suing, I am suing a whole bunch of people for essentially conspiring with Brian Rio to take down my web pages and thus violate my First Amendment rights to freedom of religion, my church's you know, right to preach the gospel as we see it, you know, under color of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And what Brian Rio does, he files all these freaking lawsuits. I'll have to answer, you know, two more of them. But he's already asked for summary judgment twice here. He refuses. He refuses to give initial discovery because the initial discovery, which will show that he's been filing all these bogus DMCA complaints under penalty of perjury, means that he's supposed to go to prison if he has filed these, you know, if he's filed these DMCA complaints with intent to commit fraud. And that's what exactly he has done. Well, I mean, to answer your question, you know, I, yeah, a few weeks ago and, and stuff like that, I was, I was sort of angry, but I was still in the, yeah, I'm just getting out of the mindset that a lot of these talk show shows even mean anything. Um, well, they don't. Yeah, well. You have something, you have something for free. I'm, you know, it's like politicians say, uh, you know, I'm evolving. Well, I really am. I mean, I'm still a young guy, and, you know, it, like I like I have a friend who's around your age and um and he said he kind of left the whole scene in general. I mean he'll always be he's not CI but he said he'll always be pro white. He you know, he hates Jews and he you know, he's a southerner and stuff like that. But um no, I mean it's uh uh part you know, part of me or or most of me uh doesn't care really anymore about most of the shows because I just they're not going anywhere. I mean, uh, and and you're one person I can call call into your, you know, call and talk to you where I don't really have to. Um, it's not like I plan like when I call into other shows, like I have a script or anything. But I don't. It's, it's hard to describe. I just, I guess, I get along with you well, and you know, maybe we have good chemistry in in that aspect. But uh, it's, you it's know, not and, that. It's not that you have people call it. Usually after my monologue. The monologue is usually sacred. But you can disagree with me if you want. Uh, I'm not going to be all bent out of shape. Now, you might very well get some hard questioning from me. Chances are you will. But this show, you know, this show... Pretty well is a conversation that a lot of people like or dislike to listen to. I allow the chat room. I allow the chat room. I allow the Nimbus Tars. I allow Johnny Tonto Britton. I allow all these people to have as much fun 
as they want. Five years ago, one of these Nimbuster Tars, I used to have it just on Sunday afternoons or something like that. You do know, Martin, this is the high point of my life for the week. And I said, well, that means that you are fucked up. Really? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're fucked up. If this is the high point of your life. You know, it shouldn't be. You should have something in your life, but a lot of these people do not. In the case, in the case of the movement, Harold Cumpton says that this style movement of ours, you know, our little coaster noster, our little thing, it's more addictive than crack cocaine. In many cases, you can not drive these people out. Lord knows I've tried to drive a number of them out. But they're here. They're here. Uh, in the case of somebody like, you know, Jeremy Visser here. He's mad as hell because I will not forget. I will not forget that in order to get out of a mere stalking charge, he had, you know, he admitted he wasn't white. Well, the problem of it is it doesn't really matter whether he admitted to it or not. Just look at him. That's the one thing I was telling Wolf, Wolf West Wellingwall, you know, Wolf, you know, Wellingwall, Wolf West Wellingwall style. What the fuck you need these DNA tests? That's why I told Eli James on Halloween in 2010. What do you need these DNA tests for? Don't you have a bunch of fucking eyes? Can't you go ahead and, you know, you know don't you know what a nigger looks like? Don't you know what a nigger trying to pass looks like? Don't you know what a Jew looks like? Don't you know what any of these creatures look like? And they're not going. If they're not going to show you their face, there's a damn good reason why they cannot. There's a reason why Obagender Bender, aka Robert Hancock, can't show its face or what's underneath its tail. I mean, the jig is up. There's a reason why Johnny Tonto Britton would never come by to see me. There's damn good reason. There's damn good reason why he kept on showing different pictures here. He was trying to see people. No, there's a damn good reason. There's a damn good reason for these people not showing their face, but they act, you know, like old Wolf West Wellingwallstein, like he is, you know, just has to be taken seriously. But you don't even know what his real name is. You don't know what his face is. Hell, I was in nuclear missile battalion. Do you think that they allow just anybody to come on to the, you know, to the FM net? No, you have you have these. Radios, you know, some of them, you know, they got a whip antenna that you can use while you are driving in the tracked vehicle, the command post. But most of the time, they are, oh, you set up a directional antenna, which essentially is just simply a line, long line of commo wire, which is aimed at the azimuth of uh, what? You know, battalion headquarters. You know what I mean? You're able, you take a compass and you aim. So essentially, this thing is not broadcasting. It's only narrow casting on about, what, five-degree in increments here. And if it's toward the back, well, guess what? The Russians, the Russians will have trouble trying to find it here. You do, not want to, you do not want to be broadcasting 360 and then have three, you know, have three. They, you know, they showed how if you talked over 15 seconds, the Russians could go ahead. He's he's at one place and he lays a line. Okay, it's somewhere on this azimuth. And then there's another Russian. He goes ahead. He lays another azimuth. All you need is two Russian radio detectors 
where those two asthmas cross, and then they take out that grid square, and you're in that grid square. You're dead. You're dead because you were talking on the, on the line more than 15 seconds. You're dead. Mm. So, but on the other hand, you don't think the Russians wouldn't want to, oh, send off, say, a nuclear missile battalion or a battery with two launchers to essentially tell them to do this or do that or stand down or whatever? That's why you have to know that you're talking to. That's why there is code. That is why there are code books that you're supposed to destroy. You know, even at the cost of your life, you're supposed to go ahead and make sure those code books are destroyed here. You know, you, you, you've heard about the uh, Nazi enigma to where a submarine was captured. They got an enig- and a, you know, a German enigma machine. They were, able to, they were able to break the code. You know, you, you see that on the Hitler channel and all this other stuff, right? So essentially, you want to know who the hell you're talking to. And if Wolfowitz, Wailing Wallstein, or Boob from D.C. isn't going to show his name in real faith, why is that? If he's what? If he's 60, 70 years old, why, why is he worried about it here? I mean, if he's living in the District of Con- you know, Congo, it's among all these niggers, why is he worried about that? Tom Boy, he ain't too pleased here that I somehow seen his picture. I'm not sure if it actually is his picture, but it might be. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. But hey, all these people, they don't want you to know what they look like. They don't want you to know who they are. When I got in this movement, you couldn't lead or influence anybody because you really didn't have the Internet. It was two years before, two, two and a half years before the Internet became somewhat available to where you had to show your real name. You had to show your real face. You had to appear before people. You had to speak. And if you didn't, then, hey, you were suspect. Don't people have enough sense? Don't people not have enough sense? I mean, don't they have enough sense to look at Andre the Nigger, see what he looks like? But now he's posting shit like, oh, I wish I could... Go ahead, me and nigger woman can go ahead and have sweet, you know, sperm with a six-foot Swedish woman, blah, 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 blah. Some stupid shit like that. Look at these critters. Oh, here's, a, you know, here's old Andre the nigger. Oh, the acne of beautiful is a 13-year-old Ethiopian nigglet with, what, cone kitties. You know what I mean? With these National Geographic little cone kitties. You know yeah, I, mean? I remember that. <laughs> remember that one? Well, hey. Well, to me, she's just some sort of exotic animal here. She belongs in the exotic animal paradise, like you used to have in Springfield, Missouri here. Oh, I mean, she's part of the African flora and fauna here. You don't want to fuck her no more than you want to go ahead and sneak up on a baboon female and slip one to her. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, unless you want AIDS. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe she don't have AIDS here. But then again, maybe she does. I don't know. It, it's sort of a moot point to me. I uh, mean, you know, here's national, you know, here's little thirteen-year-old National Geographic titties toontang here. You know, what, what the? I mean, and Andre the nigger likes her. Well, guess what? Part of his genetic makeup is indistinguishable with that little thirteen-year-old nigger. You know what I mean? That little thirteen-year-old blue gum. I mean, she wasn't bad looking for you know. 
I mean, she was, you know, she she looked like a pure-blooded little negress here. You know what I mean? You know, but heck, when she gets older, you know, when she gets older, she probably won't have cold titties. She'll have big old drooping titties, and she'll probably have two plates in her fucking mouth. Clink, 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 clink. You know what I mean? Yeah, she'll just, <laughs> well, Audrey the Digger like her as much? No, no, here. She'll probably have hair on her pussy, but then, you know what I mean? You know, sort of like Kevin Alfred Strom. I was looking at that thing here. He has a 20, he has a 20-year-old or 22-year-old or 23-year-old girlfriend. And one of the, the 50-year-old heifer who looks pretty nice here, is the one that ran him off here. He, she has uh, she has two daughters, and she don't want old Kevin Alfred Strom moving in with her. You know what I mean? You know, do I, you know, but on the other hand, why, shoot, if they're 20, why? You know, I mean, you, what the hell are you doing with a Zogbot like Wiggerswill who, you know, this is just simply a mess, and I'm looking at what is going on with Don Black. He's standing behind old Wiggerswill. And you have Corn Cobb. And then over on uh, Stanley Diggs' Rape Dungeon, why, you know, there, you know, you have Corn Cobb bitching that old Stanley Diggs and this Randolph, you know, Randolph, what's his name? Stole $10,000 of silver from old Corn Cobb. Well, maybe they did, and maybe they didn't. You know, I mean, you have all this stupid crap coming down the line. And none of it makes any sense here. Uh, what did Pierce actually do? What did Pierce actually do? I mean, if I Pierce had been... Well, I always, I've always said is that Pierce found out he was dying of pancreatic cancer. Why didn't he, why didn't he give the National Alliance to Billy Roper? Billy Roper... Billy Roper was running around and actually getting new tards to come in. He was running around, but no. I mean, Billy Roper, he can't be trusted. Billy Roper might grow the organization. I keep on, I, I keep on wondering, ask him to ask old Codney Martin when he has old Sander Pierce, you know, Pierce, uh, William Pierce's brother. Why didn't William Pierce leave it to his brother? Have his brother run it. Why did he give it to Eric Levy? Well, I got a reason. What happens is that toward the end, he's dying of pancreatic cancer. He's going to be dead soon. Pancreatic cancer is a death sentence. Ask Steve Jobs. I mean, Steve Jobs had billions of dollars, right? You mm-hmm. think you think that you think that Steve Jobs could buy him another liver like he did in Memphis? You know, he he uh he went ahead and paid what about oh. About a hundred million to buy a liver to, to cut the line and cut the line and get himself a new liver. How come he didn't just go ahead and cut you know cut the line and get another liver here? Well, no. By this time, it's too late. You know, he he was dying of pancreatic cancer. You have pancreatic cancer, you're dead. You're going to be dead in a couple months, maximum. So was Pierce. He had pancreatic cancer. How come you just don't say, fuck you, fuck you, here, I'm going to go ahead and leave it to my brother? Well, sir, they said, hey, look, Pierce, well, you want to spend your last month, you want to spend your last month in jail? 
I mean, folks, all this shit's going to happen. If National Alliance exists, it's because it's a dog boss for us. I mean, look, $2 million in fraudulent tax, you know, in fraudulent tax evasion. This is what this Randolph, what's his name, came up with. And that's stretching from 1985, 1984. Pierce was, you know, that was, what, 15 years? Let me see. What is that? Yeah. Uh, you know, that is what? 16 years under Pierce of income tax evasion? Well, hey. And then another what? 2002? What, another 13 years of more income tax evasion? $2 million. Couldn't the IRS just simply swoop down and say, well, okay, let's see. The, uh, you know, all the land is worth about a half million. Okay. We'll just go ahead and take what little remains. I mean, they're saying is that most of the books are gone. Right? Nobody, nobody pays for garage band MP3s. Right? <laughs> What's left? What's left in National Alliance? Just a bunch of Mongol tards running around, create tards running around. The wonders, the wonders of 1996 when Wiggerswell was membership director. When Kevin Alfred Pierce here, this was before he got caught. You know, you know uh, with child porn. Oh, the wonders of this. What the hell has National Alliance done for anybody? What the hell is Stormfront not for anybody? What the hell? Oh, by the way, they said that old Kevin Alfred Strom wrote most of uh, the Ducks, My Awakening. I wouldn't doubt it. What the hell has the National Alliance ever done for the white race? Hmm? I mean, here it is, April Gates, you know, fucking and sucking about everything that has a dick. And maybe a few pussies, too. You have Wendy Squirrel beating his hump, you know, beating his humps here and screaming about how no Christians will be allowed. You have old William Pierce, he's he's running around, he's getting you know, he's getting to do anal with a whole bunch of Eastern European prostitutes. I mean, you know, uh you know, bought wives with green cards. Hey honey, hey honey, you sucked my dick for three years here, you you'll have your green card, my man. I mean, hell, you ran through a bunch of women, you know, who cares? Hell, the order money, the order money paid for a lot of it. Who cares? Why in the world, why in the world should you put someone like William Pierce up on a pedestal? Hmm? Will you swell? Why, hell, he, he hired this accountant. He's talking to Southern Poverty Law Center. I mean, look, Wigger Squirrel, uh, you talk more to Southern Poverty Law Center than the Nargers do. Hmm? In case. <laughs> I was just going to say with the, uh, with my, I don't, shit, I'm trying to see, yeah, I guess I'm not muted. Um, oh, with my uh, talk shoe thing, I, I kind of, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd love to a good review back back to you, just you know, saying hell victory and stuff like that. Oh, but, uh, okay. I'm probably it's I'm no probably longer, not going to. No I'm, longer you suck. 
No, no, and I'm probably not oh, even going to use that. So, like, when I call in, I'll do, because I can't even call in for some reason if I if I'm on there and logged in, I can't even oh, call okay. in through there. So I'll you know always no call problem. in as a guest. No problem. You know, but I'm uh, done with I'm really done with doing shows with, like calling into Tom's show because it's fucking four or five. Well, I know I know you you, you can go long and uh, <laughs> not not to sound sexual, but you know it's. Uh, it's it's just different, you know, because he gets, you know, Tom gets, uh, you know, what do you call him, Ed Chattering Clan, and then uh, the North Powell oh, guy. That, that, and... freaking, that freaking idiot. That freaking idiot. He's so damn bad. He used to hang around Eli James begging, okay, Eli, you know, go over to my show, go over to my show, and then nobody, you know, people go to the show, and then they wouldn't stay there, and, you know, toward the end, he didn't have anybody listening to him. Who is? Yeah, Ed Shattering Clan of Man. He's a proud pick. You're like Commander Clay. I mean, I think, he, I, think he, I think he even said that like he has a daughter who was like who mixed with a mestizo or something. What difference does it make? He's probably mixed himself here. What, who cares? You know what I mean, Bob, look at old corn cob here. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you, you, you have you have him worshiping Linder. Linder don't have <clears throat> all these people. Linder doesn't have much use for Wiggerswill. Uh, look, this movement. Wiggerswill, big friend of Kevin Alfred Strom, big friend of Trader Glenn Miller. Yeah, <laughs> no longer a big friend of April Gady. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, she seems like a rotten bitch. I'm sorry, she just does. No, she 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 just simply. What she is is that when it comes down to it, she was really nothing more than just a whore. She went to national labs in the mid nineties and fucked about everything which had a dick, including where you know, where this Supposedly she said he had a reorder. And then he said, Well <laughs> I may have a reorder, but I didn't know I had to play at such a big cathedral. I may you know, I may have had just a tender twig, but I didn't know it you know, it'd be stashed up by such a hungry, voracious beaver. I may have had just a piper cub, but I didn't know I was gonna to have to fly in the Grand Canyon. Well, no, I, I don't know if she said all that here, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean oh April oh April she had her she had her first chance here. She thought she was not a bad looking woman. Oh no! Twenty years ago, she was a you know cute looking woman. But hell, she she screwed about everything with had a dick over at the National House. Maybe old Pierce got some of it too. I don't know. But oh, I only breed. I only breed with Icelanders. Well, she has her two daughters. They look nice. And then she had a second career, a decade a decade later, as a showbiz mom for her two twin daughters. Or two, I'm not sure if they're twins or what. Pression Blue, Lynx and Lamb. Oh, oh, never, well, like, I, but hey, they're, how about their, how about their father? Like, you know, where's their father at? Did he just oh, disappear? Oh, he, he, he was some, he was some Icelander who donated some squirt here. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> he ran off. He ran off. And then Edgar Steele helps her. You know, I mean. Their mom is racist. I don't want my daughters as racist. Why well, he lives in Iceland here? Who gives a shit here? Why are you here? You know, you ran off here. This, you know, all you got, you know, all you got into it is, you know, is you know, uh, you know, uh, two pump, you know, a two pump hump. That's all you got out of it here. I mean, squirt, 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 squirt. You know, here, let her, 
you know, here, you know, here's twenty dollars here. Now go run along here. You know what I mean? But mm. uh, anyway, old Edgar Steele helped her out. Well, that bitch April Gaye wasn't grateful. You know what I mean? Now Edgar Steele was not that good of a lawyer. He said he was the attorney for the damned. I said, no, Edgar. You know, you're the he attorney was, for the uh, Wasn't here Aryan Nations? I guess. Well, yeah, he helped. He sort of helped Butler. He didn't do a very good job for Butler. There's some people like Carl Garcia thinks that's suspicious. I don't. I mean, I hmm. mean, this court, this this court system, if they're out to fuck you, they're out to fuck you. Speaking of which, Saturday, Saturday, it, it rained like crazy. It rained like crazy today. That's why I did all my laundry because hell, I had, oh hell, I had, uh, oh. Well, the buckets kept getting filled, so I had all this rainwater, and I just went ahead and did about three loads of laundry today, you know, with the rainwater. I didn't, you know, and that's, you know, that's both the wash and the rinse. You know, I didn't even bother saving the rinse water for the wash here. So, hell, I must have gone through about, oh, 50, 60, 70, 80 gallons today. But then again, it just, you know, it just dropped out of the sky. So I was doing my laundry with all this, uh, Rainwater was coming up. Supposedly it rained three inches here in less than a day. You know, because it rained ten inches, they say, in parts of Texas and Oklahoma. That's why they have these flash floods, these big ones. You know, of course, you know, they were dry, what, two years ago as hell. They were dry as hell two years ago. So anyway, uh, doing all, you know, doing all so hard. Meanwhile, I go down there, and I look. It's from the Eighth Circus Court of Appeals. I said, oh, shit, they've already told me to fuck off on my petition for rehearing. You see, they ruled, they ruled that the judge, they didn't have jurisdiction because the federal judge, he went ahead and says, Attorney Terry Knapp, and he says that, you know, Judge Kevin Lee Selby and Judge Timothy Perigo, they have absolute immunity to not obey Missouri state law, saying is that you can't hear this case. You can do whatever the hell you want to. Essentially, it doesn't really matter that, you know, my stupid brother is sort of hinting that he talked to Terry Knapp and got him to write that stupid that stupid motion. So that would make Terry Knapp a party to murder. In the case of you know, in the case of these two judges, that would make them also party to murder. So essentially, this federal judge at the district court level believes that judges and attorneys are above the law, so does the Missouri Attorney General. They believe they can conspire to kill to kill elderly you know, to kill elderly old people here. And I may very well just go around the courthouse or across from Terry Ness or Blanchard Mitchells carrying a sign that says, Hey, these people believe it's okay for lawyers and judges to conspire to murder people. And the federal courts and the Missouri Attorney General agrees. Do you? Do you agree? You know, well, Costner, he wants, you know, well, I don't know. Do you agree that the judge, you know, judges and lawyers are above the law? Do you believe they get to do whatever the hell they want to, even though it says, even though the law says they're supposed to do something here, they get to do something else. Do you believe they have immunity to not obey the law that they claimed they were going to uphold? No, no, I, I don't. Well, okay. Well, hey, maybe you have a little bit better moral co- compass than the federal judiciary in the Western District of Missouri and the rest. But you got to understand is that these people, 
They do whatever the hell they want to do. If every time they did something crooked, that means, you know, like in the case of, you know, stealing my grandchildren, buying salmon, that meant that sooner or later they'd have to be biting their children's testicles off here. I mean, I think I told you about the time. Here's this piece of shit named Greg Sweeten, and I corner him on November 4, 2004, in the Walmart. He has his two little mongrel eight- and nine-year-old daughters who are about the size, you know, age of my granddaughter. And I told him, I said, hey, someday I was going to make their daddy sodomize them with a broomstick here because of what he did to my, da- you know, to my granddaughter. And they're starting to whine. You know what I mean? Well, great free mm-hmm. The other pig says, well, you, you, should we get back up? He says, and I said, hey, go ahead and get back up. I'd love to have a trial on this. I was, I was actually going to bring up, a, I don't want to interrupt, though. Um, did you, did you ever watch, or you know that show, it's called, uh, 19 Kids and Counting? Oh, where you end up having these stupid skanks who, 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 you'll have stolen kids? What was it about? What was it about? I mean, it sounds, it sounds like... Oh, well, well, like, it's a big white family, but they're like, you know, evangelical types, you know, so-called Christians, but they probably love, well, I know for a fact they, they love Israel, and they probably think, you know, Jews are God's chosen, and um, and they, you know, their oldest son, you know, out of 19 kids, uh, and, and this, they knew about it since 2006, because I guess they were going to go on Oprah or something, so it was almost 10 years ago, 9, 10 years ago, that they found out that the oldest son, um, he, he has you know, a wife and children of his own now, but they found out he was, like, molesting his his little, uh, what do you call it, his his, uh, his sisters and stuff, and, and it just, like, came out to, came out in the news. Well, and, I think I heard something about that. Well, okay, that happens. Uh, you know, especially happens with beaners and niggers. Uh, but then, yeah, I'm sure there's Swiggers or Anglo Mestizos, why they... They might very well do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I remember you, reading what, another what you, article. You, uh, I remember you, reading another article about it, and they asked, like, well, oh, what's your ancestry to the father, you know, the father of all those 19 kids? And he said, oh, like, Welsh, you know, just typical white, you know, things like what we are, like Welsh or Irish, German. He said, oh, we've got some uh, Native American. And then he said, we've got some Native American and Jewish uh, uh, background. Now, somebody asked, you know, are you ready to join Martin in biting off testicles and children? Folks, I'm going to make the regime criminals bite off their own spawn's testicles. You know, I mean, they can do that, or they can go ahead and just kick back while I'm skidding them out here. I, I mean... You know, essentially, you're forcing people to do something they don't want to do. You're doing it under compulsion. You're saying and saying, "Hey, look, you know, look, town. You know, I don't know if you ever, you know, I don't know if you ever heard of this guy named Rodan. He was a great frog sculptor who lived around no oh, late 1800s, early 1900s. He was a sculptor." And he had, you know, one of the things was the was the ten or twelve burgers of Calais. And here are the English; they're going to put the entire town of Calais to the sword. But they go out to the English king, the twelve leaders of Calais, and they already have ropes around their neck. And essentially, 
they are going, they are willing to be hung so that the town of Calais will not be put to the sword. Hmm. Now, I wish lawyers and pig lice and judges had that moral sensibility to where, hey, folks, we, you know, you know, this town is going to be put to the sword unless we man up to our crimes or at least being on the other side. But hey, there's no 12 burgers of Granby or Jew York or L.A. or Possum Gulch or anything like that here. They have absolute immunity, and so they do here. But then they look at me and saying, if you side on the wrong side, you need to die. You are, you are responsible for what your leaders do. We went ahead and butchered. We went ahead and burned to death 150,000 or so, 150,000 men, women, old men, mainly women and children in Dresden. We firebombed them. There was no military, there was really no military application. We, you know, the war was pretty well won. It occurred in February 1945. We burned them to death. We went ahead and nuked Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You know, Douglas MacArthur said it wasn't necessary. Oh, Harry asked Truman, he had to just simply test these two bombs. One made out of uranium, one made out of plutonium. And we butchered a whole bunch of Japanese. Now, they did sort of have a common. They were sort of brutal little gooks, too, here. Well, folks, if you don't believe, if you don't believe that if you, know, you are responsible for what your regime criminal leaders do unless you are willing to rise up and skin them out and their children and their entire family, I'm willing. I'm willing to rise up and skin out lawyers, judges, police, regime criminals. I'm willing to make them, you know, bite off their spawned testicles here to see, have a DNA test here as to whether or not what's going to happen to them the rest of the time here. I went ahead and wrote in my petition we're hearing, Terry Ness, Daddy, Larry, has ten times the amount of, you know, money that my mom did. My mom's estate worth about $2.3 million. Hell, I'm quite sure old Terry, Larry Ness is worth $25 million. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind just payback putting Terry and Leo, Terry Neff and Larry Neff in a small room and giving them dull not butter knives and no food to eat other than each other here. Wouldn't that serve them right here? I mean, confiscate their estate. Caesar Augustus you know, had Cicero murdered. It's not a matter of law. It's a matter of power. Unlike all these other bowel movement ass clowns here, Folks, I don't have a problem with killing people. Millions of them, if necessary. It's a matter of racial survival. And if you have 90% of Wiggers being diseased animals and 90% of Wiggers need to die, maybe 95% because you want to make sure the cancer is cut out and burned out. It's like there's this I don't, like, I, don't, I don't think I don't think there's anybody. I don't think there's anybody, any Whigger nationalist or any other critter is gonna say that. I am. You know, I I don't know. Uh, I used to you know, I had a, I had a conversation with Jim Charles, you know, about what, 
three weeks before he chimp, you know, before I made him chimp out on me on the third of July. And I asked him, I asked him, Joe, okay, you have your favorite cow, your favorite Jer- Jersey cow bull, you know, uh, Napoleon Josephine here. Let's say you have on your small farm in Mississippi, let's say you have grazing for 10 cows. But regrettably, you have what? Oh, 20 cows. And what happens is that 10 of them are Mongol cows led by a Jew cow that's up to no good. And then you end up having 10 Whigger cows. But you only have grazing for 10 of them. And now let's go ahead and say is that, guess what? The Jew cow, of course, is brucellosis, as do the Mamser cows. And eight of the 10 Whigger cows, and the only two cows which do have brucellosis, are Napoleon and Josephine here. You're a farmer. You want to be able to raise cattle five years from now or ten years from now. What are you going to do, Jim? I'll tell you what you do. You butcher out 18 head of diseased animals, eight wigger cows, and ten mamzer cows, starting with the Jew cow. That's what you do if you're a farmer. Jim Giles knew exactly what the hell I was talking about. He just didn't want to agree with it. He wanted to pussy whip around. He wanted to be a little bit pregnant. He wanted to dance around that question. Okay? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say there's this site, um, it's called uh, Best Core, and they have like a, you know, they have like porn ads on there, but, you know, you go on there and <laughs> a lot of it's like Brazilian and it comes from Brazil and Thailand, you know, stuff like that, but there was a video I saw today and it was, um, took place in Guatemala and I guess this woman you know it was kind of like a mob action thing and you know I, I lived in California I met people from Mexico Guatemala all over and uh I guess she was involved with a murder and they were kind of like it was a huge group of people and I'm not saying you know we're spicks or anything but the the way that they took care of justice like street justice they were kind of beating her on the street and then they set the bitch on fire you know and i was like well you know, that's that's just the way you know it should, that's the way it should be i mean you know and, oh. i don't really i do not have a really i you know, i mean six months ago when they were when isis was cutting the head off of a jew journalist who supposedly had kept Yom Kippur and fooled these ISIS Arabs. <laughs> I bet he fooled them. Oh, hell, we have an obvious Jew here. He ain't eating or drinking here while the sun is up here on Yom Kippur. You think he's a Jew? <laughs> he's fooling us? He's not fooling anybody. I mean, hell, who gives a crap? How many yeah, well, any any American or so-called up? Westerner who gets killed by ISIS or like you know, it's yeah, like what, first of all, what the, the hell they're doing there in the first place? Yeah, they deserve to be killed. What the in my eyes? There? Now they're telling, oh no, oh no, ISIS is going to come and is going to shoot you down in the mall. Yeah, then they even had that thing in Texas, you know, and and the two guys, you know, who were supposed to do something, you know, and it was it was this fucking Jewish bitch, Pamela Geller, Geller or whatever, and, you know, she was instigating it like a typical, you know, Jew would well, do. I, would, I really wouldn't care if they cop cut off her hair 
don't cut off her head or anything like that. But on the other hand, all right, folks, this segment has been long enough upon re-engineering it. We are going to have a music break, and then we'll be back for the next segment of the Movement Turd. Hail Victory.
On the other hand, you know, folks, uh, don't go around something like that, but here you have these people saying you can't carry a gun. You can't constitutionally carry a gun. Well, folks, what happened to the Second Amendment? I believe that even criminals should have a right to own a gun. If, they, if, they've, already, if they've already paid their prison sentence, but supposedly they've quote, paid their debt to society, such as it is, and they should have as many quote rights as anybody else. You know that, that's what gets me is what we have is we have what over probably over six ten million people gone to prison here, most of them niggers, and we only have about one or two. You know we have about you know we have about one million zog. You know, Zog Armed Forces. We have about about a million and a half pigs, and you think you're going to keep in check people who, you know, some may be innocent here. I mean, shoot, it was. It, you know, I mean, I, I I'm sort of praying that one of these days that somebody they fucked over is going to go into the local DFS office and go ahead and kill these cocksuckers. Or go ahead and kill these judges. Or go ahead and kill these lawyers. It wouldn't bother me a bit. Well, same, same here. It's, it's like, you know, the whole, the, with the biker thing in uh, Waco, um, you know, I think they... Yeah, counted. well, some of these, like, you know, some of the, you know, some of these, I mean, essentially this was a gang fight, mainly between Mamsers. You know what I mean? I, I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Besides that, I was like, oh, you know, they confiscated like a hundred guns, and in Texas, which you know, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, you know, Texas, they should change their laws. Of course not. But you know, you can get a uh, concealed carry and and stuff like that. Well, when I was in California, you can only have ten bullets per magazine. I think in New York, out here, it's like seven bullets per magazine. You know, it's like, what are they going to do? Like, reduce it to one so you can only have one bullet? Uh, good luck, well, you know. One lucky bullet. <laughs> well, no, I mean, for deer hunting, for deer hunting or shotguns, shotguns are supposed to be plugged in either three or five. You know, if you're hunting, if you're hunting, you know, uh, you know supposed to be plugged at three or five. But if you have, a, say, a home defense shotgun, and you can carry as many as you want here in uh, you know in the tube here. Uh, do you, do you have any like uh you know guns, shotguns, or whatever? Or? I'm not gonna say. But in, oh, case, you don't have uh, to. in the case in the case of in the case of uh, in the case of a deer hunting round, you're allowed to have ten in the magazine, one in the chamber here. And when those SKSs were sold, that's what they had. But then you'd have these people; they buy these plastic stock folding stocks here. Which wasn't illegal, but they would, you know, what they would do is they'd go and uh, take out the original ten-round magazine and put in a thirty-round uh, extension. They put a banana clip in, and you're not <laughs> supposed to hunt deer. You're not supposed to hunt deer with that. But no, uh, 
I don't know, in Missouri, they used to say you couldn't run around with a concealed weapon, and they went ahead and amended that to where now you can get, what, concealed carry or something like that? And uh, Yeah, can no, you I, get, I can you I, get I, that I, in your state? I like, oh, I mean, not, well, not you, it's just say, say if I went down there, I have no say. criminal record, you know, I'm 21, and say if I went down there and applied for could I get a concealed carry? Chances are, I think you would, but you, 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 they, they do a back, quick background check or something like that. You have to take a class or something like that. There's some hmm. states like Vermont, why they call it, you know, you know, constitutional carry. I mean, essentially, there is no, there is no uh, whatever here, and that's that's pretty well what does need to be. You know, that's what does need to happen. Uh, in their Heller versus D.C., uh, the Juprines finally ruled that. You know, having, you know, having, you know, being able to own and carry a gun was no longer a quote militia right; it was an individual right. And then Hal Turner he got in trouble for screaming about how they were doing it in Chicago. And essentially, you got to understand is that niggers do not niggers have lots of guns. You know what I mean? But then again, so do white people. Everybody understands that damn pigs are not going to protect you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, they're not going to protect you. So, hey, you better have some gun. You better have some guns. You better have ammunition. So, over, I mean, I mean, over, you know, over a life here, why, you know, you, you go ahead and you get some cheap or, you know, you get a good deal on a gun, and you know, hey, you have extra money, you buy. You know, you go ahead and you buy one here. Sort of like, sort of like me and all these damn cinder blocks and all these damn bricks I got. I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You bought eight hundred bricks. Yeah, I said, yeah, but it usually cost sixty cents, and now they cost a quarter. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna buy two hundred dollars worth of bricks. You know, where do you do all those cinder blocks? Well, I'm stacking them up, and I'm going to make raised bed gardens, and maybe I might go ahead and make me a, a church building out of concrete blocks real close by. Who knows? You know, why not what, do what are you, you grow, Are you growing, like, fruits and veggies or something? Well, I'm growing, yeah, I'm growing tomatoes and potatoes. And, hmm. I may grow some okra. Well, she likes okra. I ain't that crazy about them, I'm going to grow some zucchini. I like zucchini. Roxy doesn't. Oh, I, I like it too, yeah. Well, it's cheap. I mean, zucchini's real easy to grow. You know what I mean? I mean, once you got it grow here, well, usually you know, I'll have I'll have six zucchini vines out here, which would be more than I need. But, hey, I like zucchini. So... All you guys will be listening. Well, I know where Mona will be. I mean, hey, how many, how many, let me see, October 7th here. Let me see. What is it? June, July, August, September. Hell, four and a half months, Tards. Four and a half months. Oh, Hal will be on and Mona will be listening and ovulating. Hell, probably Brian Rio might be, you know, might be listening and ovulating too. I have his mangina here. Well, you mean, how, well, how, how do you know for sure he's going to, Come back of the Hal Turner guy. He said he was. You know, uh-huh. I mean, his his, uh, his probation ends at uh, you know at twelve o'clock midnight October first. 
But oh, how you know, uh, you know. But how's going to struggle mentally? He's going to wait a whole week. He's going to wait a whole week before he shows back up here. And who knows? Maybe, maybe Zog will kick in some money here so we can do some Hal Turner. You know, <laughs> what, what state is he in? Is he a New Jersey guy? Or? Oh, he's from New Jersey. Hell. Sci-Fi Faber. It's kind of a wild guess. No, Sci-Fi Faber. Well, Sci-Fi, supposedly his wife is uh, Hal Turner's wife. So, uh, wife's sister here. So, hey, uh, yeah, old Sci-Fi, he was, uh, he was uh, another tar who pretend to be Aryan Nations here. Uh I don't, you know, I mean, I don't have a problem with SS John. It's just I was a little bit annoyed that you're going to let a pig, you're you're letting a pig into your motorcycle club. Was they too smart? What they're what they're letting Hal Turner in, or no, 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 I don't know about Hal Turner. I mean, you know, I mean, if you're going to let if you're going to let Hal Turner in, just just go ahead and get your red clown nose and say, you know, it's a Zog on it here. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, just have a flash. But what, what, what do you mean about the uh, SS John guy? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I was you know, after after in April. You know, here's old here's old Uncle Tom Zogpig. He's trying to suck up to him here, and I'm saying, hey, don't. You know, I mean, you know, don't go bitching. You know, I mean, pretty well the leader of the SS Motorcycle Club is that they they. They went running to Galette, and Galette brought them in. Then Galette decided he didn't want anything to do with them here, so they're all mad at Galette here. Uh, Galette is a, uh, Galette is a, uh, you know, he's a Zogbot. You know, he's, he's just simply a drunken crackhead who, uh, you know, took a plea bargain, and now he's working for Zog, and he got, what, $500,000 last I heard of the Harold Grooms Trust Fund, which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, hey, I helped them keep it. But, uh, oh, shoot. Old, uh, old Morse snitches on people. You know what I mean? There was. Yeah, a, it's it's there good was I never a, joined up was, with them because I actually talked to him a, on the phone before. Like, uh, you know, I, I talked to him on the phone years ago. Um, I don't even remember what I said. You know, it was long ago, but we were, we kind of talked for a little bit. And, and uh, yeah, I was trying to like I was because I wasn't aware with Christian identity, and I was kind of asking him things, and he he really wasn't explaining it all well. <laughs> He's probably coked out. <laughs> well, there was some dork named Hal who thought the fibbies were his pal, so he went ahead and made a deal to snitch. <laughs> but he threatened judge three. A jury slapped old health PP. Now he's gonna be my dick swigger, bitch. Zog will fuck you up. Yeah, Zog will fuck you up. If you don't obey the dirty juice command. Zog will fuck you up. Yeah, Zog will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, so you best be a rebel and why you can. Let's see. Uh, we have old corn cob. He's yapping. He's, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what the fuck happened to him. Who? I, I, I know he's not. In, yeah, I know he's not in prison corn anymore. Cob, corn cob is, 
Corn Cobb is two and a half miles away from the Kanekstan border in Sherwood, Sherwood, North Dakota. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, he uh, he wanted to go to Missouri to take care of his aged mama, but Missouri didn't want him. So there's no North Dakota. You get to keep him, and he didn't want to go to South Dakota. You know, and you know, he wasn't allowed to go back to uh, Kalispell because uh, you know he pulled the same shit he pulled in uh, he pulled the same shit that he pulled in Leith and Kalispell. He uh, you know he uh, you know, he had a fight with Carl Garst and Carl Garst uh, you know he tried to get a restraining order against Carl Garst and Carl Garst says, "Hey, look, uh, Corn Cobb, Corn Cobb's a zog bot here," and uh, he was you know. Corn Cobb, he bought him a gun. He was going to shoot old Carl Garst. And pretty well what happens is the Calspell police went ahead and took Corn Cobb's, you know, took Corn Cobb's gun. And from my guess, Carl Garst told him, uh, tell you what, I won't file any criminal charges against Corn Cobb if he uh, leaves Calspell. So, I mean, it's just sort of like in North Dakota. Hey. You know, I, mean, I mean, what a, I, I, what a stupid fucking move he did with that, uh, you know, that NSM, you know, engine-looking tard. Uh, they were walking down the street well, with the gun and well, yeah, talking I shit. I don't think it was really, really illegal what he did here. He no, just, I'm not I saying it was, but he was just, yeah, no, stupid. No, I, I told, I told Corncob, I told Corncob, do two things here. First thing you do, go to Bismarck because they don't want anything to do. They're not going to sell you anything, so you got to go to Bismarck. So when you go to Bismarck to buy, you know, Bismarck Walmart to buy whatever the hell you want to, now that everybody knows you're not. They knew he was a Nazi. They knew he was a Nazi. They decided to certain part. They, they, you know, they knew they knew that he was there by May of 2012, and they decide to not bring it out until the end of August 2013. And then, then that's when the big stink occurred. And you know, I don't trust Corn Cobb. I think it was altogether uh, a Zog-run Southern Poverty Law Center-run thing. Because you know, how the hell you, you found the only you know you found the only thirty-mile town with a mud shark and a nigger from Cleveland. I mean, how the hell did you manage to find that particular town? You know, I mean, there are plenty of other thirty-mile towns. You know, see, I you know my. Half my family was East River in Hughes County and then right across to Stanley County. You know, that's West River, South Dakota. I mean, shoot. Oh, yeah, you're, mean, you're, you know, yeah that's I know, where you were born, right? South Dakota? Dakota. Well, yeah, yeah, South Dakota. I mean, Central South Dakota. You know, <laughs> my dad's side of the family was just, you know, was East River in Hughes County. You know, and the county, the county seat is Pier, and the, uh, the county seat is Pier, the state capital is Pier, and the uh, right across West River is Stanley County, and its county seat is Fort Pier. Fort Pier is by far one of the older towns because it was it was done by these French fur trappers. It was a French fur trapper fort. You know, on the on the Missouri River. So, in any case, uh, you know, a lot of my mom's family, why, they were West River. 
Yeah, well, hey, there's Indians there. They're on reservations and, you know, where they belong. And so you can buy. You can buy a bunch of property in these decaying 30-mile towns real cheap. That's why I was trying to tell old Johnny Tonto Britton. He's bitching because his second, you know, third daughter is wanting to fuck beaners. And I well, said, hey, hey, you know, take that 110000 I helped you get. Spend 10000 you can buy probably half the town someplace in West River, South or North Dakota. Now, you're not going to be able to buy it real cheap close to the, you know, either Dickinson or... Uh, or Williston, you know, you're not going to be able to buy these places cheap, you know, because they have man camps and they're all bought out, but you can buy a whole bunch of places in West River, South Dakota, West River, North Dakota. You can buy all these places cheap. My brother, my brother's uh, house, that's where he stashed my mom, was in uh, Midland, South Dakota. I mean, you can, you can buy is, all. Is he, is, is he like your uh, older brother or younger? No, I'm the oldest. Uh, but he looks my, older. Yeah, he got, I, he, I only he, have one, old, old, one sibling, my older brother, and we. He's actually coming here tomorrow for, I guess, a day, and then he's going to go up to. He's going to take a plane ride, a uh, plane flight up to Oregon to, uh, you know, help grow some weed at some hippie farm. Which you know, I'm not against. It's growing weed is, you know, it's whatever. But oh, uh, Oregon or. Colorado or what? In Oregon, I mean, but he, he in Northern California, he grew weed up there too with a few bunch of hippies. And I'm not really against it. I mean, it's just growing shit. I mean, it's whatever as long as he's not not around me. <laughs> okay, I'm we just don't get along. Pop, I mean, pop, I mean, pop. I I almost got well. We kind of got in a physical fight um a few months ago, or maybe about a year now. Um, we were talking about that Michael Brown thing, you know, the whole Michael oh, Brown, Darren Wilson thing. And uh, we were talking about it, and, and I kind of, I think I was drinking the night, and then I was just in a pissy mood. And, and I, I said, you know, the, the ultimate N-word, and I said, you know, I said something about, you know, that there was this, uh, in the same area, I said, you know, there was these niggers who, uh, attacked uh an albanian or, or or you know someone like that like not really a oh, white oh, guy oh, but oh, close oh, enough serbian, and serbian a serbian was hammer here you know and they sort of yeah and he, he just and, and just and you know and he's like a social justice warrior liberal type and all oh, that got him pissed off man and and he like kind of lashed out at me like he like he wanted to do something physical and now he's been bullying me my whole life, so uh, you know we were both sitting on uh, different couches, and it was like I guess the sun was rising up, but maybe it was like four or five in the morning. I just jumped up off the couch and I just like you know threw him on the ground. I'm like I I just can't take it, and like at, at the time you know I was drunk, so I didn't do anything uh, that bad. I mean I I still had some impulse control, but um. Uh, and that you know he put me in like a fucking headlock too you know he was more stronger than i thought probably because i was drunk and you know not all all together and you know my mom broke it up and it was just like right you know when that happened i wanted to kill the motherfucker you know and i I still it's like yeah he's he's my only sibling my brother and stuff i don't you know he's I don't consider him my brother, you know, quote unquote. I mean, I, I'm sure I could get along with you better in person, or uh, uh, you know, typical any white guy. And he, he's just a fucking 
Uh, I don't even want to go, go into it. Where's your chart? Did you say he was a lawyer, or was that some other time? No, he majored in psychology, so. <laughs> Wiggerology. So, yeah, Wigger. You know, yeah, didn't know it all. Wigger, Wigger, useless Wigger horseshit. And, uh, you know, I, I even, like, had him, you know, down on the ground, and I was going to punch him in the face, but, like, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a nice guy, so I didn't do that because I, I knew the repercussions of it. And, and, and then, like, the next, you know, a uh, few hours the next day, even though he had me in a headlock and, you know, there was no bruises or anything, we didn't, like, really punch each other. But, uh, like, later that next day, he called a fucking um, abuse hotline. Like, you know, he called some hotline uh and he was you know, saying, like, you know, some domestic abuse. Like, he didn't report me or anything. It's not like the cops came to our house or anything. But he, you know, he was asking. I guess he, in his own little mind, he was afraid that I would do something. Like, you know, and <laughs> so he's just a little bitch. Oh, okay. Well, it looks like Dewey showed up. I'm glad. I'm glad Dewey showed up here. Uh, what? Well, I hope I was what, 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 you. what I was pointing out to John Britton is that, hey, you have a problem with your third daughter wanting to fuck me there. So, why, hey, you know, uh, there's Indians, but they, you know, they're usually on the reservation here. Uh, you, you go ahead, you, you're worried about, you know, you're worried about Lorinda spending your money. Why, hey, there ain't much to spend it on the freaking Lone Prairie. You, uh, you can, uh, you can live cheap. You can buy you can buy half the town cheap, just like corn cob. He bought a third of the town for eighty six hundred dollars, supposedly. You know what I mean? Well, all all I know I, is I lived in California, and then now I'm out here in New York and well, Long Island specifically. Yeah, and, and we might go up. To, uh, you know, my 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 dad might get a job upstate, which is like Albany up there, and yeah. uh, and then after that, I might move down south. You know, on my own, and that's what I want to do because. I always like, you know, I always like Southerners. I always got along with them real well, and it's, I know it's not going to be like 100% better than things I've been through before, but that's just, that's where I want to go. I've never been down there, and it's just, it seems like, the, you know, a culture of its own <clears throat> in a way, you know what I mean? Well, that's that's what I think, you know, that's what I, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at this, this thing about the, uh, you know, chaos at the compound. Will Williams, Will Williams, you know, brought this character in to do, he was his buddy, you know, his big buddy. It was like Trader Glenn Miller. A racial, you know, a racial, bio, you know, biological racist here. You know, not a maniac who's into CI dentistry or anything like that here. I used to have a big fight with, uh, with Wiggersquill over Trader Glenn Miller, but sometimes they don't come to him. You know, over the years here, and he brought his buddy there. And his buddy goes ahead and looks what for about oh the past four or five months, and he sees all this criminality, and he acts surprised. So what he does, he steals. He steals these. You know, he steals this information. You know, it says what? You know, in 2010 they sold what three hundred thousand dollars worth of lumber, three hundred two thousand dollars worth of lumber. From all these trees on Pierce's farm, where's the money? Well, nobody knows. You know, I mean, and you know, where's the you know, where's the books? Where's all that stuff? And essentially, all they've done is steal. 
But then again, did Pierce really build it? Well, yes, Pierce is a pretty good businessman, but what Pierce did is he got $400,000 of older money. That'd be worth, what, about, oh, $1.2, $1.3, million, $1.4 million today? You know what I mean? No, that would be nice to receive that. (laughs) Well, yeah, but but on the other hand, you're receiving stolen money. And Pierce, I mean, shoot. You know, what, what, what would you think if somebody gave you a million dollars in a bunch of brown paper bags? What, you know, I mean, I mean, does that happen every day? It don't happen to me every day. It don't happen to me ever. I mean, there ain't people, you know, knocking on my door to leave me a, a bag full, a duffel bag full of cash money. No, the thing is, why did they even give it? You know, give it to all these well, different guys. Uh, William, well, in the case of in the case of that's what I that's why you know after you know, I mean, Catch Lane was bitching about why they didn't kill Trader Glenn Miller. I guess I didn't know it was Trader Glenn Miller. You know, you gave him a quarter million dollars and he betrayed you. You know, I mean, didn't you read his book how he ran out on everybody at uh, November of 1979 at uh, you know, at Greensboro, at the Greensboro uh, little incident where five Jew commies got killed here by Klansmen you know, with long guns, he ran off. Didn't any of you people have enough sense to say, hey, the man's at least a coward? He might be a Zogbot, but he's uh, at least a coward. Didn't, didn't you scare him off, like, when you met him? No, no. First time I met him, it was at Mon Paws, and then... And then he, you know, he invited himself, so he's at my office for the hill, and I was real proud of buying a $400 e-machine, you know, with Microsoft, you know, ME, uh, you know, it was around 2000, it was the equivalent of Windows 98, Service Pack 3, it was, uh, my, you, know, M, you know, ME, it just simply meant millennial something or another, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was sold in the very early months, first six months of uh, 2000. Mm-hmm. And it was before they came out with XP. And so here it was. I got a pretty good deal. $400. I got a, you know, AMD, you know, 450K2 or K3 processor. But what I was real proud is that for that, I got a 15-inch. I got a 15-inch monitor that came with it. So I'd saved about $150 here. And, you know, Trader Glenn Miller, he's, you know, showing me his videotape here of all the marching he did and his book, A White Man Speaks Out. He's talking about what a great leader he was. And I was saying, well, Glenn, you really ought to get on the Internet. And, uh, you know, he says, oh, no, I'm too stupid to be on the Internet. I said, no, I got a real good deal. Oh, I'm too stupid. I said, hey, I'm able to talk to all sorts of people, including uh, Lewis Beam and Catch Lane, David Lane's wife. And he sort of turned green. And he sort of turned greenish, and he says, I was in the Federal Witness Protection Program, but nobody went to prison as a result of my testimony. He ran out. He ran out the door, down the hall, and out, you know, out the building. I said, what the, I said, what the fuck? You know, I mean, so I went outside, and, you know, he was in his little lime green geo metro, and, you know, he, he gained it back. Well, anyway, I figured out is that he thought, Probably thought I was toying with him. 
and I was going to pull a 38, you know, pistol or a knife, Bowie knife out of the, you know, I did have a, I did have a, uh, I did have a, I did have a Bowie knife in there, and I was going to go ahead and kill this worthless ass that he attacked me or something like that. You know what I mean? And that's what Catch Lake was bitching me about. Why did you kill him? Well, I didn't know who he was here. You know, so I read, went ahead and read the book, and, you know, I said, you know this guy named Rachel Glenn Miller? Oh, they knew who he was, all right. <laughs> when he heard about the Kansas City thing, like, uh, you know, at, at first when he heard it on, well, CNN, Fox, and all that, like, uh, on the mainstream news, what no, would you I was, I was surprised. I wasn't surprised at all here. Uh, this is sort of funny, is that I've sort of known, I've sort of known all the the shooters here. I, 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 I used to correspond with James Von Brunn. You know, up till about December of 2008, you know, or January or February. And then I didn't hear anything from him. I thought, hey, this old bastard's, what, 89 years old here? Well, hey, he's probably dead. Well, we, we, you know, me and Roxy, we go to town, and we come back, and I'm hearing about a James Von Braun. Uh, he's at the Holocaust Museum, uh, June 9th or 10th here, 2009. That's it. I wonder if that's Jimmy. Sure as hell, it was Jimmy. You know, it was it was James Von Brunt here, and then Trader Glenn Miller, him pulling that shit. Well, hell, I wasn't surprised at least about that. Near does is anybody who knew some Marion, but you know, let me just tell you here, uh, the one I think is the most likely to go Nessoid is Brian Rio. I I would be surprised if he just simply pulled an Adam Lanza here. You know, shot a whole bunch of little Mongols. You know. This little fellow Mongols at the Mentor or Cleveland, uh, Ohio Elementary School. What surprised me a damn bit here. So, in any case, here only one had. You know, well, they 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 sold, they sold, and they stolen everything. They you know this chaos at the National Alliance. Uh, why is Wiggerswell talking to Fat Heidi? Why is he talking to that fat bitch? Why is he talking to him at all? Well, answer, he's a, he's a, he's always been a Zogbot. You know what I mean? He's always been a Zogbot. So is Kevin Alfred Strom. Linder, Linder was just simply a reconditioned Jew that Pierce, that Pierce went ahead and found and reconditioned. You know, all, all this, all this white nationalism, all this, all this CI dentistry. It's just simply nothing but wall-to-wall Mamsers and Mongols and Wiggers and Zogbots. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but last night, and you know, my like my friend, he's he's around your age. Like I think he's well, forty eight. So I guess he's a little younger than you. But uh, you know, he he has some health issues from you know drinking a lot actually, and he's not drinking anymore. He he you know completely stopped doing it, right? But uh, you know, he he's been. You know, he's been in in the know for a while, and he kind of told me he was like the other night, and like I don't know, I, I, maybe it just kind of hit me because um, he said he said it before to me, and he was just like, oh man, it's like a lot of this is just bullshit. Um, like the whole you know white nationalist thing is just it's, it doesn't mean that I'm gonna like you know stop believing in it. I mean, shit, I got 
uh, even some tattoos and stuff. And yeah, I kind of regret them now, but it's it's, it's not well, that I regret right my now, book. Unless you want to spend the money to have them what? I don't know. I removed? You well, well, it hurts more to get them removed. To, to get them. no, that's not, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying that. You know, he was he was just saying that uh, a lot of it's just bullshit, and you know, and I, and now you know, now I'm starting to see it. I mean, like you know, with your show and and what you do, you kind of call out the other people, but it's like there's still people, and you know, like what you were saying, like with Tom Bowie and, and you know Wolf well, Wall Street, yeah. and they're just like, oh, you know, like they they sort of see like they're like optimistic and shit they're fucking older than me and i remember uh well not remember but uh on friday when i think it was before he called in maybe and and wolf wall street was saying oh i would love to be younger again i'm like would you really want to be my age and, and live in, in in this in this world today i mean shit i'll trade nah, places want, you have no idea you have no idea who these characters is i mean i, I list them pro white Pro-normal white. Well, normal white. Normal white people, they allow. They, they talk to pigs. You know, some of them are beginning to realize there's no, there's no plus side talk to a pig. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's really no plus side talking to a pig here. Now, I do talk to the Granby chief of police because what I'm trying to do is I'm somewhat trying to get on the police board and, uh, I mean... I'm trying to get these people to understand is that when things start falling apart, you are going to have to close off these highways if you want, if you want to live. You're you're going to have to go ahead and do certain things here. So you do want to, you do want to co-opt, co-opt whatever you can. You know what I mean? I I think, you know, I think a lot of these people are looking, they're looking at essentially to where if you're a white pig and you were shooting down a thieving nigger who's about to go ahead and, you know, go ahead and kill your ass, why, hey, you're going to, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get in big trouble. Now, there's no there's no downside, especially in these big cities of niggers killing pigs and kill, you know pigs killing niggers. I was begin to I was begin you know here's a riddle. What's the difference between Joe Paul Franklin and what the hell is his name Darren Wilson? What's the difference between Joe Paul Franklin and Darren Wilson? I don't know. Joe Paul Franklin was a nigger poacher. He didn't have a he didn't have a badge or a license. He didn't have a he didn't have a badge or a license to you know to take possess kill or or maim you know, digger. <laughs> he, he was a nigger poacher. He didn't have he didn't have a badge or a license to do so. <laughs> he didn't have a license. He was he was a he was a nigger and mud shark poacher. <laughs> Ain't that my license? Yeah, it makes sense. I, I guess where I was going is, you know, I, I, I guess I'll announce it here. You know, fuck it. You know that I'm done with doing so-called white nationalist shows. You know, I like calling into your show, but you're you, you say all the time you're not a white nationalist and you're not so-called pro-white and well, you don't even. I would, I would, I would just assume. I would just assume 
be known as a white supremacist. As oh, hey, I, I can agree people. with that. I mean, shit. I mean, you know. Uh, uh, you know, and people were like, oh, like, like the, the, the what's it, the rate, they call themselves uh, racist America, and I was on there before, and they wanted me to call in. I called in there before, and they wanted me to call in. They usually have a woman on there. I'm not, I'm not against women talking, you know. Uh, in any sense, but they're always like, oh, su- support our troops and support our police, support the troops, and I'm like, oh, man. This, what the Jews? Yeah, looking, fuck I'm that, looking, you know? I'm, I'm looking at the stupid shit. And it's just like, what, five years ago, I'm hearing the Sams, and they said, well, you want to give to the Wounded Warrior program? I said, what do you mean? He says, well, yeah, our, 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 uh, our troops, they got wounded in Afghanistan and Iraq here. I says, you mean the government isn't taking care of those people who got harmed as a result of that here? The government ain't taking care of them? And she's, you know, I mean, you know, come on now. You know, I, I know damn well they, you know, because I pointed out, I pointed out. When I was, what, oh, six or seven, my dad picked up two, you know, picked up by the side of the road, picked up two, you know, they were white uh, Korean War vets. You know, one of them was on crutches. They were walking their way as best they could up to Kansas City for the VA there. And folks, you got to understand is that, you know, outside, you know, the Second World War where the Jews were sort of grateful that uh, these, the greatest degeneration saved Save the uh, quote, save the uh, you know, save Khazar capitalism, Khazar communism here. You know, fought Nazi Germany. You know, to save the Jews, both capitalism and communism here. They they sort of put out for the World War II veterans, but the you know here's the Korean War veterans and folks. Every single fucking war, you know, World War One, Korea War, Vietnam War, Gulf War. They don't take care of any of the veterans until half of them are dead. At least half of them are dead. Yeah, and we're the and greatest like that, country you know, on I mean, earth, right? Like, yeah, so here it is, 1967, 1968. These are some middle-aged men. They're not able to be drafted. They, you know, they fought in Korea. And one of them is, you know, and they says, we, you know, I've been walking on crutches the past day and a half here. Nobody... Nobody picked us up. So what happens? Dad picked them up. He, uh, you know, he, you know, he had some old clothes. He let them wash here. He had my mom, you know, take their clothes out for laundry. They had, they had a bath. You know, he fed them. You know, he gave them some blankets, and they, you know, they got to sleep. It was, a, it was a, it was April, May, something like that. They got to sleep in the blankets. It wasn't that cold, and the hay was a little warm. It was April, May, 1967, 1968. And one of them, you know, one of them, you know, the one who was helping his buddy on the crutches here says, hey, 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 boy, you don't ever want to be, you don't ever want to join the Army. You know, they'll just go ahead and they'll use you and then they'll cast you off here. You know, this was in, what, 1967, 1968, you know, from these veterans from a war 15 years previously. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's the same. It's the same damn thing. What? Fifty years later, not a damn thing here. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, all, I, this, all this sort of shit about you know Memorial Day. 
Why the hell does anybody have to contribute to wounded warriors when Zog Babylon was the one that got them fucked up? No, I don't know if your if your phone just went down. <laughs> That's all. I don't know what happened. I think it was just a computer uh, brain fart. No, but I, I was just going to say, um, like two examples. Because uh, I, I I technically have three grandfathers. You know, well, one of them's uh, a step grandfather. He's the only one who I knew. Um, he's still alive. But uh, like my like my dad's father, he was Polish, and he. You know, he was in World War Two, and 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 luckily, you know, with my grandparents, and then you know, my dad, like my dad was a little too young to go in Vietnam, so. But uh, his okay. father, you know, he he went to uh, World War Two, and he, I think he fought. Yeah, he he fought against you know, in the Asian side or against the Asians, uh, the Japs or whatever you want to call it. And um, he, he was Polish, so he was already probably. A drunk anyway, but he he regretted it, you know, for the rest of his life. Became a huge drunk. I never met the guy. He died, you know, way before I was born. And uh, and my mom's dad, um, he was a big smoker, so I think he he got part of his lung uh, removed, you know, and uh, so he died before before I can meet him. Also, but but my mom's step my mom's stepfather, uh, who's I think he's going to turn 90 or yeah, he's going to turn 90 pretty soon. She just told me, um, he's in a nursing home, you know, he, he had a stroke and I saw him, uh, like a month ago or maybe two months ago. I, I went with my mom to, uh, <clears throat> to New Jersey, you know, just across the the bridge, I guess we call it in, if you're in New York and, um, and I saw him, you know, and, and he wasn't actually in the war. Like, I think he just worked on fixing airplanes, right? Yeah. And it, but it's so it's so fucked up because he, he when I was talking to him, like he had a stroke and he's in good spirits and stuff, but he was talking about Japanese warplanes, you know, to me, and I'm like, he, he's saying, oh, you know, I guess when you have a stroke, you can't really understand someone as well, but you could, yeah. I, I could definitely understand him, and he was talking about fucking Japanese warplanes, and I was just like, wow. Th- World War Two, man. It, it's it's not even like physical or any of that, or well, it, I, a lot I, of it's mental and psychological. Like there's still people all over the country and all over the world, I guess, in nursing homes saying, "Oh, the Japanese are coming," or "The Americans are coming," you know. And it was really well, really sad. I remember this is October 1983. I'm you know I'm in Helsinki and I'm talking to a Oh, I'm talking to a 90-year-old Finn who is getting down on my case because I'm an American, and why in the world did you support Joseph Stalin? Well, hell, he uh, he was 45 when they crossed the border, and here he was. He was what? He would have been born around, he would have been born probably in 1895. So here it is, 1983, so he's about 87 years old or something like that. And he's wondering, why in the world did we support Joseph Stalin? Well, hey, I didn't have anything to do with it. wasn't, you know, I mean, wasn't, wasn't my idea of a good thing to do here. So it, it affects quite a few people, but the point I'm having is that you will have, here's Memorial Day tomorrow, 
you want to end up having a Uyghur fest to to justify to justify all that all this nonsense to where they're yapping about wounded warriors and how they start a new one of the perpetually wounded warrior. I remember talking with Jim Floyd. What happens if somebody really got messed up in Iraq? What they would do is they would discharge him so he wouldn't be listed as a debtor, you know, as killed in action or, you know, terminally wounded in action because of what happened in Iraq. They were trying to cover up, you know, the butcher's bill. And that's what W did. Anyway, let's take a break. I'm going to hope that Dewey Tucker calls in. Uh, I didn't. I, did, I haven't listened to his uh, Sunday podcast yet. I would really like to call him if he's able to do so. So anyway, uh, in the case of National Alliance, it's it was altogether a Zog-run organization. Zog knew. Pierce got $400,000. Catch and Wayne used to tell me and everybody else who would listen about phone book theorists who got $400,000 couldn't do a dang thing for David Lane. Well, you know, it was too late for David Lane. He was he was already cuffed and stuffed and in the bag. And real quick, Martin, you know, well, you said uh, Memorial Day, that's, that, that's tomorrow? Tomorrow, it, yeah. Well, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of people, uh, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with the Revolutionary War all the way till you know, the recent wars. They're going to talk about that fucker Chris Kyle and uh, the the Iraqi sniper. Oh, I, like, I, 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 I went ahead and got his book cheap. I liked him. He was a complete freaking psychopath. He's running around killing. He's going, running around killing men, women, children, dogs, whatever. He's going ahead and kill whatever the hell he could kill. Well, hey, I you know someone like me could have a use for Mister Chris Kyle here. You know he likes. Well, if if only he was on our side in in, in that well, sense. Well, he's not on anybody's side. He's a com- he's a complete freaking sociopath. Well, I, sort of, I, I guess it's, thought, I guess I it's, thought it was I thought it was funny when he got killed by another veteran sociopath who stole his pickup truck. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you know, and the reason and the reason he got killed is from that guy. He would like take these veterans out the shooting range. I mean, uh, like if I was ever in a war, you know, and you know the PTSD. I don't think I don't think on my extracurricular activities I would take other you know fucked up guys out out to the middle of nowhere in Texas, out of all states. You know, oh, we're gonna. You know, go to the well, shooting range. You know, it's it, ironic. It, it's kind of sad though, because he went through all. He kind of survived a lot of shit, and then he comes back home and he gets his head blown off. Well, he may have been lying about who all he killed to here. I mean, yeah, I think I he mean, was a liar because I, I think he. I think he said he 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 uh, punched that Jesse Ventura guy, and if he did it, nah, you know, he lied. He was a lying piece of shit. I mean, hey, you can't believe anything he says. Anymore, you can believe anything to think, or you lie, James say. Anyway, we're going to, I'm going to take a break here. i got to take a leak here, maybe do a call in, and we'll be back in about three or four minutes. He'll be great.
Hello, Dewey. How you doing? Fine. I was working tonight, and I saw your email, and I went to the link you gave. It's just proof positive of what these organizations are. Well, yeah. Here, here, here's Swigger Squill. He brings, you know, he brings this ass clown who was big buddies with for the past, you know, year years. I, you know, I used to fight with him, this Randolph uh, Dillaway, whatever. You know, I call him congenitally creatarded because he's another creatard. And you know, Wigger Squill, why uh Wigger Squill <laughs> you know, he, he he's been he's been a Zogbot forever. I mean, and all these people are yapping about what a great man Pierce was. No, he was just for my gather, he wrote intellectual shit for Rockwell, but most of the people didn't really think much of Pierce because my Gary is a physical coward. He wasn't a character who would go in and fight with niggers and Jews, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, out in the street here. So, but but Rockwell says, "Hey, I we need all sorts of characters, and I need this intellectual shit here." And I was interested to look at the inventory of books for sale. Okay, there's over twenty six hundred in inventory by Pierce, and there is one by George Lincoln Rockwell. Yeah. Okay, what does that tell you? That there's a picture on there of this Will Williams embracing this Kevin Storm. And Kevin Storm's picture is nothing but a shark mouth Jew. Oh, you think Storm's a Jew? Look at his mouth. Look at that picture. He got the mouth of a shark. Oh, does he? Oh, okay, well, sure. against them. Well, he he has the mark. He has the mark of a chomo too, because uh, it, I mean, hell, if you go ahead and read, you have this fifty-year-old heifer. You have this fifty-year-old. You, you have this this Arthur Kemp here, and he's a he's a sanctimonious ass clown. He just looks like a uh, he looks like just a drunken limey. You know what I mean? But uh, Kevin Alfred Strom, they, they'd call him a weirdo or something like that. You have old uh, N.A. Legacy, Scott Spidell. Well, that's hiding the cast-fluffing meerkat. But anyway, old, old Strom, old Strom, why he, uh, I'm looking at his new girlfriend. And <laughs> I, see, I'm going to go ahead and have my own little take on that here, uh, to where she's uh, she shaved her pussy, she's done a whole bunch of stuff to uh what what happened with him in 2006-2007, he was stalking some 8 or 9 or 10-year-old little Eskimo girl, you know, at the, uh, you know, Eskimo girl at the, uh, at the local elementary school. And uh, the mother got wind of it and says, hey, there's this man stalking my daughter. And what it was, you know, he was writing poems to her. He was sending her gifts. He was doing all sorts of weird shit here. And people, okay, well, to me, looks more like a retard here, Kevin Alfred Strom here. Oh, Wigger Squill, I call him Wigger Squill Wheelos because I think he's an Anglo mestizo. Uh, you know, the Welsh variety. I would, I would, I wouldn't doubt he's related to Evan Williams, who uh, was a Welshman who came to this country and married a squaw 
and makes really good whiskey. In any case, Strom Strom went and he he's always had problems with women. He got he had an acrimonious divorce from his first wife, you know, and then he married this crazy, crazy, crazy bitch named Elisha, uh, and she was screwing the you know she was screwing the local cops here and all that and. Supposedly, she sent on his computer a whole bunch of por- child pornographic pictures. So anyway, this this it was some little Mongol girl that he was, you know, eight or nine or ten years old. He was stalking, and so that led him on to them. And he he essentially pled. He went ahead and took a plea bargain uh, to having child pornography on his computer, and. Oh, he served six months in jail or something like that, and then they let him out here. And what tells me is that, you know, he's a self-admitted pervert. So now, Wiggerskill, he knows Trader Glenn Miller. He's big buddies of Trader Glenn Miller. You know, he's buddies with all these characters. And I'm listening, looking at the article, and they're talking to the Southern Poverty Law Center. I'm sort of curious as to what the, you know, the National Alliance, I call them the Nargers, have to say about that. But, you know, I mean... William Pierce got four hundred thousand dollars. You know, Robert Matthews gave him four hundred thousand dollars. The next day, he went to he went to the capital of Pocahontas County, West Virginia, of uh, what Hillsboro or something like that. He paid ninety thousand dollars. He paid off the farm, and everybody knew he had all this money. And he's he's you know he's not he's not made to test flight at Fort Smith against the older people. Like Trader Glenn Miller was like, uh, like uh, Dad Gaiman. Dad Gaiman either got ten or twelve or twenty-five thousand. Depends. I, I'm not sure what figure it is here. I've heard different ones. But Dad Gaiman was made to testify. He he wanted to order money, and you told me he was just nothing more than a thief. You know, what I mean, he'd steal a lot less than you know thousands of dollars. So he took order money, and you know he went ahead and snitched, and so did Pierce. So National Alliance was all together. Something made by an egghead who was working with Zog all along, with, with, with the government all along. And I say it was an Elohim City for creators. Everybody knew Elohim City was, you know, this Bob Millar, he was snitching. But hey, they get all pissed off because you say, well, guess what? You know, how come, you know, how come this guy got $400,000 of money, everybody knows about it, and he ain't in jail? It's against the law to take 400, you know, it's against the law to take. A dollar of money they you know they ain't yours, much less something was stolen as a result of an armored car knockoff by the order. So hey, uh no, I, I'm looking at this sort of shit. And from what I gather, his crazy, you know, his crazy retard buddy found out there's about two million dollars. There's about two million dollars, you know, of uh essentially back taxes owed. Uh, that they got three hundred thousand dollars in timber that they went ahead and cut off probably all the old trees, and they don't have the money for that. I mean, all it is is just simply these people stealing. Is all it boils down to. They're a bunch of thieves, as well as being zogbots. I mean, that's what it is. So you believe Strom is a Jew, huh? That's what his picture looks like. Okay. When you, you see somebody smiling and they got that sharp mouth on them, uh-huh. that's a good indication is 
them others with them little round heads and popped eyes and hooked nose. Okay. The shark's a shark, not a lamb. Okay, Israel's a lamb. Yeah. These people look like wolves, not lambs. Okay, well, I don't know. He, he looks, he you know, that picture of him smiling like that reminds me of this guy named Charlie Hilker. And the Hilker, you know, I mean, essentially... Charlie Hilker, he wasn't a Jew. He may have been an Anglo Caesar, but he was a retard. You know what I mean? So I sort of thought it, you know, I thought it was the mouth of a retard. But yeah, it might look sort of shark, sharkish here. You know what I mean? But I don't know, he reminds me of a picture of this, you know, Charlie Hilker, well, who I went to school with. Some of and them the Hilkers, hang the Hilkers out. were a bunch of inbred retards. Well, some of them hang out, and people say, well, they're not a Jew. Just like Joseph Stalin, well, he wasn't a Jew. He was a Jew. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. I mean, who did the ancestral research? To show their countenance, their actions. Didn't you know, Stalin's I, last name, didn't, didn't that mean, like, son, son of something? Son of a Jew is what it meant. Jusovisky meant son of a Jew. It was sort of like calling him Joseph Jewison, you know what I mean? That seed of the serpent is found in every race. Well, you know, there, there's, even, there's even a woman on a, on a Fox News. She, she's a real, uh, she's, she's a black woman. She has like kind of those cat eyes. You know, some blacks have that. And she, she said her husband was a Jew. And I was thinking to myself, why would a Jewish man want to, be with a black woman, and I'm like, you know, kind of ding, ding, ding in my head. Well, you know, they marry into any race, you know, To that's just the way they are, right? They call nothing. So you've got these guys who self-confessed, dealer, participant, in child porn, and all that kind of stuff. Nobody, nobody brought a charge. And he fought it. He confessed. Yeah, he he went ahead and took a quote plea bargain here. Well, the thing is, you know, a tree by its fruits. Yeah, these organizations are set up by Jews. They control both sides of the argument. CI was set up at the same time. All these. National white groups were set up. Same time, there was none of it prior to 1980. None of it. Yeah. Okay, they hold hands. Who infiltrates it? Well, you've talked on numerous, numerous shows about how they have adulterated, infiltrated, and controlled CI. And the message is what? Oh, well, we're Christians. Race got nothing to do with it. You've got to be a Christian. Well, I was talking about, I was talking about how Eli James, Clifton M. Heiser, think... They're they're bringing up the they're bringing up the papist preterism, and I, I explained how the essentially you know Ferdinand and Isabella kicked out the Jews in 1492, but they said they could stay if they converted. 
Well, a whole bunch of them converted. They didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to leave. So as a result, so many converted that they set up a, quote, inquisition to try to weed them out. Well, they still didn't weed them all out. And, you know, what? No, they gave a other... doorway into supposed Christianism. Yeah. All they got to do is say three magic words, and now they save life and fortune. Okay, yeah. I, I accept Jesus. A Jew has no problem with telling you anything. We'll tell you Jesus a lot. them in John the 8th chapter, verses 31 through 59, and right in the dead of it, he tells them, you are of your father the devil. In the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer, a liar from the beginning, and so are you. He's your daddy. And yet all Christianism runs around, tells everybody, oh, no, they're God's chosen people. <laughs> well, there's a difference between Jew and Israel. You got that right. Israel, not no name of no country in the Bible. It's a name of a people. I think Brian was asking. Brian was asking, you know, who were the Jews? I said, yet all sorts of people. The Romans regarded as Jews here. In the case of in Gadarene in Galilee, you had three thousand you two thousand pigs being raised. You know, I you know, and so that means that there was somebody who were going to eat them pigs, right? So, I mean, well, you know, Jesus. Said he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, tells the Jews they are not his sheep, yeah. and identifies who they are. And Christianism gives you the opposite. Oh, no, they're not devils. They're not a race of devils. So what makes one a Jew? Not a title. It is a seed issue. That's identified real quick in the very first book of the Bible called the Book of Race. Now, I know people do not understand what the word Genesis means. It's a Greek word. Now, isn't that unusual that a Hebrew, supposedly, that was written before the New Testament carries a great name, Genesis. And where, what does Genesis mean? Well, it's where we get our English word genetic. That's what it means. It's amazing. Much of our English language comes from Greek. Much of Latin came from Greek. Okay, so we got Genesis. Genes, genetics, and they think because the church told them it means beginning. It's got nothing to do with the beginning. It's a book about race. It even tells you that in the fifth chapter, first verse. And it tells you it's a book about a particular race. All other races are mentioned only because of their impact upon this race. 
You can't write a history about a race and not talk about those other races that have impacted it. Well, let's pick it up today. Today, that serpent seed has invested itself in many members of all races. So it doesn't matter if you're talking about Arabs, there's Jews in it. Doesn't matter if you're talking about niggers, there's Jews in it. Doesn't matter if you're talking about Asians, there's Jew serpent seed in it. And that's true for these things you call white. American people today used to, used to look at it Jews. They think they are white. <laughs> okay, anything that is black or yellow have that predominant color, they think it's white. Yeah. So you get these people that are beaners that are very light complected and what do you have? You got white people all of a sudden. Like that woman on Wheel of Fortune, that man of white, she ain't white. She's a white knot. Find out who her real daddy is. Her daddy that fathered her, not adopted her. Great deception. And how can it be so great? How could it have gained such a eminence from our past heritage? When our forefathers established this as an independent nation, they reserved it for their clarity. And everybody thinks these niggers and beaners and whatnots have descended from them. That's what posterity means. So you got all these white nationalists that just popped up, all these different groups, and we know why they popped up. The Jew controls every issue and the sides that argue them. Okay, what? Oh, well, we'll set up a white nationalist organization. Now we can not only police them of their money and make sure it goes nowhere else, but we're getting their names as well. Okay, what the article say that you had the link to? They just turned over over 8,000 names to SPLC. <laughs> All right, all them people trying to hide out, do a good work, and send some money. Guess what? You're on SPLC's list. Good riddance. They've had all that information in the past. And when I say they, you call it Zog, I call it Jew. Jew government in America. Throughout the world, there is not one white Western nation today that isn't run by Jew government. Well, I agree. The end result is going to be, I, I'll look at this stupid 
horse shit to where they're they're yapping about our wonderful jupes who, you know, got their arms and legs and nuts blown off here and how we all need to send them some money here for this latest uh for this latest uh scam or whatever you know, whatever. And I, I was saying, well why in the world you know, since the government, you know, had them screwed up fighting a stupid war over there, why ain't the government paying for it? Why are you having, you know, why are you asking for a charity to have people, you know, pay, you know, I mean, essentially, I thought the government, if it's got people who got their, you know, essentially got messed over there, why ain't the government giving these people a pension? Why ain't the government taking care of them? And the answer is that, you know, the government doesn't really give a shit for them. Just went ahead and used them and uh, tossed them away. But then again, this is something new. I think I'll tell the story about these Korean war veterans that my dad picked up. And he, you know, he fed them. He, you know, he let them bathe. He let them sleep in the barn. And he brought them back to where they were. You know what I mean? Where he picked them up. You know, on on Ultimate 71 and U.S. 60. And, hey, you know, this is the Vietnam War, and one of them says that they hadn't had a ride. You know, they hadn't been picked up. The guy on crutches hadn't been picked up or helped out for a whole year, for a whole day and a half. You know what I mean? So, you know, that just goes to show. I, I point out is that for all practical purposes, Old Zaw, or you know, this this regime doesn't take care of its veterans until at least half of them are dead. You know, why would you want to? Why would you want to serve? Why would you want to serve? You know, a regime like that. Now, I was in the army. You know, and you know, I mean, well, I I, I pretty well figured out that a nuclear missile battalion probably wouldn't be sent to San Salvador. That was what was going on back then, but uh, you know, hey, you really shouldn't trust this regime, and certainly well, not when it has a war they, going on. What do they all do? They claim to believe, you know, we're Christian. All these whatnots. Oh well, we're Christian. That makes us all right. You know, it don't matter if it's Andre the nigger or whoever, and they're all embraced. Just like in 1976, there was a Jew named Cohen that became head of the Nazi party. Life on that. You know, what's infiltrated every organization proclaiming to be for the interest of the white man is Jews and whatnots. Yeah. And they're leading them. There's no righteousness. It's all evil. I don't care what they profess, what they pretend to be. You know it by its fruit. Look at it. Watch it. Who has the, been the biggest siphoner of funds 
and individuals is nothing more than the reprobate David the Duck. Yep, the, the Duck. And I exposed him in 1976. Great is the deception. Imagine that's why God's left me here so long, is I can speak about what was over 30 years ago. I saw these people. I knew them firsthand. I had met them in person. Now all they do is run around, work for Zog government, if you want to call it that, work for the Jews. They're a propped-up puppet. So they get on, say the right things to get money. Okay, well, somebody mentioned, I think it was your caller, guest 17 is what they're showing up. Yeah. Okay, had mentioned some woman on uh, Murdoch's channel, Fox. Okay, all of Fox News, if they're not a whatnot, they're a Catholic. Now, why would that be? Because in order to be a Catholic, you have to confess that you are too stupid to read one word, one sentence, one verse out of the Bible and have any understanding about it, and the church will tell you what it means and interpret it for you. The church is nothing but a bunch of pedophiles Child rapist. Now, that's their church. And have they ever once condemned it? No. Now, well, we, we got to let, let them guys tell us what the Bible says. <laughs> well, God, what God said, you take these homos and kill them. Now, that's what the Bible says. Now, you people getting that message from the Archdiocese? Well, no, you're not getting that message from the Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterians, or any of those organizations. Why do you think society, the government, says go to church? They know what message you're going to get there. The evil of it. There would have been no integration in the United States of America, except it was talk for decades upon decades from the pulpits of the Christian church. So why should you allow them in your schools and everywhere else? They're sitting on the same pew with you. Oh, well, you know that. The fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man, that's another big lie. There's no such thing. It's all insanity. It's all propped up mouthpieces of the government, the Jew. Don't care what title they got on their little organization. 
It can be the Ku Klux Klan. Look at these guys that are supposedly the head today. And when I say guys, there's more clans than all fleas on dogs. The Klan ceased to be when SPLC busted Robert Shelton and took everything away from him. What was the operation to destroy the Klan? Infiltrating. Same thing today that goes on in all of it. Infiltrate it, take it over, and break it. Send everybody to jail that's got any form of character in them and promote the rascals. In the South, we've got another term for them. They're a bunch of carpetbaggers and scallywags. Yeah. That's who infiltrates. What, what is any, what is any of the CI dentists or what has any of these quote, white nationalist organizations done other than steal your money or get you in trouble? There's no point to it. I mean, yeah, you're better started. off... They sidetrack everybody. They're going to leave the parade. They're leading you down a dead-end alley. Yeah. And guess what happens in them dark, dead-end alleys? You go into them, you ain't coming out of them. So is there any salvation, deliverance going to come from them? Look at the track record. What's gone on for 30 years is a steadily decline. Decline in numbers, decline in any kind of stand up and speak truth. I guarantee you we got one weapon, one powerful weapon and that's the word of God. Everybody runs away from it. Why? I don't, you know, they think the word of God's got something to do with what they're talking one of them synagogues called churches. All Christianity is Judaism. And they profess it. Okay, well, if you won't believe them, who will you believe? They profess Judaism. They're proud of their Judeo-Jew heritage. And I'm surprised a lot of them don't even convert, you know, just get it over with. Okay, they, they, they have no problem dragging up a chair to the roundtable conference of Christians and Jews. No problem at all. Could you imagine... Yahweh Shua, Jesus, the anointed Christ Messiah, dragging up a chair to have a little conference with them. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he, sort of, he sort of had some pointed things to say about John chapter 8, didn't he? Well, yeah, and, and guess what? They followed him around trying to create all kinds of chaos to disruption and if they can create enough they're going to kill him 
Yeah, they're guilty of all the blood shed on the earth, and that's what the Word of God says. It gives them no buy, but get this thing, Judeo-Christian tells you they're God's chosen people, and everybody else is a child of the devil. The opposite of what the Jesus said that they claim they follow. They don't follow the Jesus of the Bible. They follow the Jesus of the church. Now, which Jesus is it? Well, there's over 30,000 denominations in the United States of America, and they're all touting a different Jesus. That's why they're a church organization, a religious denomination. 30,000 of them. So go pay your money and take your pick. Win the cupid dog. Say your three magic words, and when you die, you can get on your little magic carpet and fly off to heaven forever and ever and ever, and stay out of that hell forever, ever, and ever. Another big lie of the church. Everything they teach is a lie. Well, I'm going to tell you, everything CI teaches is a lie. Everything these white nationalists teach is a lie. Now, they're going to stay away from the truth of the Scriptures and just accept what Judeoism, Christianism, serves up as their gourmet meal. Yeah, it'll choke you. It'll kill you. So look at the results. Look at the fruit today. Ain't any difference in them and what's ruling this country today. What do you think David would do, you know, the, the Duke of all? if he's president of the United States. No different. No different. Different name. Somebody that looks a little different, but no different. All they want is to be in control. Not for your good. Nothing they've ever done has been for your good. Nothing they've ever said has been for your good. All they want to do is talk about the evil that controls. Well, I got news for you. Yahweh God's in control, and evil's a part of it. He controls it. It doesn't control him. Who created it, he did. If you don't know this, you're just saying I'm ignorant of the Scriptures. Need to go back and read Isaiah 45 7. Find out who creates all things. Yahweh God tells you there are two seed lines that will be at war with each other. He doesn't tell you there's two races. Two seed lines that will be at war with each other. 
There's many races. They're not to be at war with each other. They never will be. But it is that seed line of the serpent that comes into each race and manipulates the whole race, whether it's red, yellow, black, or white. That's the way it is. That's why they hate Genesis 3.15. That's why they'll never, ever allow people that come to their churches read Genesis 3.15 with any understanding. So iniquity is a mystery. The Bible speaks of the mystery of iniquity. It's a great mystery. And yet we're going to have these things reveal the mystery? I don't think so. So we had all these white organizations, white nationalism, arise along with the CIA bastard. Attack CI, number one, look at the people in it. Number two, look at the name. You get yoked up with Christianity, what have you just embraced? If people know their identity, they will never adopt the term, I'm a Christian. They know better than that. God's turned their light on. They're not going to be anything related to this Christianism we have today, this Judaism wearing the garb around of a sheep. They're nothing but raven and wolves. Jesus Christ said there'll be many come to him in that day that talk about all the wonderful works they did in his name he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So much for the 30,000 in America and the 450,000. They're all evil. I was just, uh, I was just sort of. Oh, I got in early Saturday morning, and I went ahead and put up my uh, counter suit against Brian Rio and about Eli James and Fake and the Pistol Possum and John Britton and the rest of them here. Essentially, I'm accusing Brian Rio and the rest of them conspiring to, under color of the Digital Land Copyright Act to fraudulently take down my web pages and a bunch of other stuff here. But I was just sort of I was just sort of thinking is if somebody lies to you, if somebody's lying to you, you know, and this this isn't a this isn't a defensive lie to where, like I said, Johnny Johnny just wants to avoid NAS whipping for getting in the cookie jar. He's not really out to deceive you. He's just simply out to save his ass. You know, but if someone is just simply out and out lying to you. And they're not, you know, you can't even figure out what the hell they have to gain by telling these lies. 
like the piss and pops. He just lies all the time. I was thinking, you know, John Britton here. You know, uh, you know, think Eli James here. If they're out lying to you, you know, essentially if they're out to deceive you, you know, a, essentially somebody who's out to deceive you, you know, he, you know, he, he doesn't have any problem with stealing from you. He doesn't have any problem with killing you. In fact, so if you if you come across someone who is out not lying to you. You know, it doesn't even matter. You know, you shouldn't think. You know, you shouldn't worry about what he thinks he's going to gain. You ought to know is that hey, if he's lying to you, he doesn't have your best interests at heart. You know, for example, here's Satan. You know, he's telling Eve a story. Oh, don't believe that Yahweh character. Why you won't surely die. Why, if you uh, if you'll have sex with me, if you'll do whatever, why hey, you will be as gods here. You'll be smarter than Yahweh. You won't die. Well, guess what? Eve died, didn't she? You know, I mean, not right away, but she did die. Didn't she? And, and so these people, they're out to deceive you, be it Brian Real, be it Eli James, be it Bill Fink, be it John Britton. They're out to deceive you. And they don't have your best interest at heart. And once you... Once you figure out that somebody is indeed lying to you, you really, if you have any sense, you should have nothing more to do with them. You should just simply cut them off. You should avoid them. And I'm, you know, I'm listening to, you know, I sometimes listen to Eli James. He's yapping about the book of Jasher or the book of Ezra or whatever. You know, he's, you know, he has a bunch of sundry, Mongrels. I don't know if anybody listens to him much other than Russ Walker or a few other cards. And then you end up having, you know, it thinks, I mean, what the hell is he teaching you that's worth a damn here? He was yapping about the book of Esther. But he's so much smarter than Bertrand Compare. You know what I mean? I don't know, I don't know how the, you know, how the, uh, I don't know how, how some criminal Jew is all of a sudden smarter the Bertrand Compare, and why should you know, one even bother listening to thank you? By the way, he's well, more the fact nobody can look at a name. <laughs> okay, you want the head of the organization to be a think. Okay, go join it. Sign up. Get you a good dose of thinkism. Find out what a think is. <laughs> you will find out what a think is. Right. Okay, look at these names. Well, I was sort of stupid. I thought he was a Jewel. And then I found out, you know, uh, at one thirty p.m. on October 13, 2010, I found out he'd been lying to me. You know, I mean, the scales sort of dropped from my eyes. I, did, I guess I didn't pay enough attention to the name. You know, maybe think is short for Finkelstein. But, uh, I mean, well, think, you know, think is a rat think here. And there is a Jew who has a cartoon of a rat, of a rat think here. Uh, it means songbird. It means stool pigeon. It means, you know, essentially it means like a rat. It means an informant. And I was talking to this, I was having this argument with uh, a character named uh, Boog from D.C., a.k.a. I call him Wolfowitz Wailing Wallstein, 
who claims to be a sort of a left-wing Bolshevik, but he's talking about how to buy gold and silver and uh, stocks here, you know, Wall Street or something like that. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know these, uh, you know, left-wingers were all together into the Wall Street. Maybe they are. I don't know. But, you know, I, I went ahead and pointed out is that one of the, one of the Nimbuster Tards spent fourteen ninety nine and found out that Fink's dad, whose name was Fink, William Raymond Fink the first, why you go up there, why he's related to Matt Lauer on his daddy's side and on his mother's mama's side, Lay Berta Lay Fink, is related to the Patak family, Mark Patak of the SPLC. And then here is old uh, Wolfowitz Wellingwallstein. So let's prove it. And then he then he says, you know, I ought to go I ought to go to Ancestry dot com and look it up. I said, Yes, you ought to. And then you know, he immediately he backed off. He did not want to go to he didn't want to go to Ancestry dot com and look it up. You know what I mean? Because if he had he will found out something he didn't want to know. But here he is claiming prove it. But he doesn't, you know, I mean, there's no way to prove something to certain people who want to lie to you all along. But, you know, the question is, like Stormfront, what has it accomplished? All it's done is, I believe it's Hal Turner financing. I believe the Stormfront is altogether, you know, it has the server bill paid. It doesn't have to worry about being taken down. It's being paid for by you know, by this you know this criminal regime government this new run government and you know what it does is it gets names it gets names and it gets what I call the geezer gelt and the wigger wigger's might it takes up it takes all the money what little you know is in there of you know stupid wiggers who want to save their race by sending money to Don Black. So he can, you know, put to his little faggot son who, uh, you know, will tell all his daddy's donors he doesn't believe in white nationalism. I mean, what what the hell have the duck? Oh, by the way, in that article, you know, that you know, that pervert that you think's a Jew, supposedly that pervert wrote most of the ducks, My Awakening. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Did, did you read all that article to where that you know where the uh, self-admitted pervert uh, you know supposedly he wrote he wrote most of uh, you know the Ducks book autobiography? Yeah, I saw that. that far? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, Trader Glenn Miller, Trader Glenn Miller. I read his freaking book. Trader Glenn Miller. Trader Glenn Miller didn't write his book. He writes something totally different. He writes something totally different on VNN, and then he has a totally different style in his so-called book. It's a ghost-written book. Same way with Phil. Same way with old Bale Fink here. You know, he, <laughs> you know, he didn't write his new Talmud translation either. You know, I mean, somebody, somebody handed it to him. You know, somebody handed it to him after he got out of prison. Uh, I, I, was, I was looking again at old Cap Senility Clifton Emmeheis. You look at him as a young pitcher, he looks like a Sicilian Guido. What he, how he came in in 1996 or 1997 was 
he edited he edited Bertrand Compare's papers as provided to him by Jeannie Snyder, who was uh, Compare's secretary. But then around 2003, 2002, 2003, he starts disagreeing with what Compare, what Compare believed about you know how you know how these you know there were six day beasts in the field and Yahweh rests on the seventh day and then on the eighth day he formed Adam. You know, the Adam. And what happens is that uh, Clifton Emmeheiser, you know, claims that he claims that he believes he claims that he believes that uh you know, Yahweh didn't create, Yahweh didn't create, you know, the non-white races. He didn't create the, he didn't create the non-white races. Why, hey, uh, I guess Satan did, but he doesn't believe the Satan. You know, but that leaves the room for Satan, you know, for Fink to claim that Satan isn't the spawner of Cain, but rather was a whole bunch of, you know, critters in the garden and somehow, I guess, Eve got raped by a whole bunch of them, and that the Jews are collective and all this sort of thing. So you, you, have, you have the introduction of what I call papist preterism, because preterism was just simply something that these Jesuits, who had taken over, who'd taken over the Roman Catholic Church as part of the Counter-Reformation, they claimed that the Protestants were rebelling against God's kingdom on earth, and that the Roman Catholic Church had put Satan into the pit, and as a result, he got turned loose just in time to whisper in Martin Luther's ear. So, you know, before, there was no such thing as preterism believed until 1615 and 1619 when the Jesuits made it up. So, you have Emma Heiser, he's, you know, he's, he's bringing it in, Eli James, he's bringing it in. Bill Fink is bringing it in. And what you've had in, you know, CI dentistry is you've had M. Heiser in 1996 or 1997, uh, the Ashkenazi Melungeon, Dan Johns, Bring Your Dollars, uh, in 1999, brought in by Wickstrom. Uh, Eli James brought in by Dan Johns. Eli James, or Eli James or Joseph Stalin, Cuts Putts November, whatever his name is this week. Uh, you know, he admitted in early 2000 and early 2014 that he had been brought in by Dan Johns. And then in August of 2014, uh, Dan Johns, did Eli James tell you that? I said, well, Eli James admits. So then Dan Johns admitted he brought in. You know, he brought in so-called Eli James, or his name then was Joseph, you know, Joseph November. Uh, think wise, I would have never had anything to do with them knowing that Eli James' real name wasn't Joseph November. Well, no, there's a 2001 or two or three, while Fink was in prison, envelope stamped Joseph November. Fink knew dang well his name was, quote, Joseph November, whatever the hell it was. You know what I mean? So Fink's lying again. So you have these creatures who are brought in. Jeremy Visser, late 2004, you know, just after Butler dies, I think he was brought in as part of the Rick Spring faction. Uh, Spring was a 
bank robber who uh, was a bank robber who uh, who sold the names to the Southern Poverty Law Center to this nigger Daryl Lamont Jenkins. Uh, you know him and his wife. You know him. His wife said that he was a agent provocateur. Well, guess what? 2007, Rick Spring admitted he was a he was a federal informant. He was a federal agent provocateur. And he fights with Morris Gallette. Gallette is now a, you know, he he cut he cut a deal here. He didn't have, you know, he you know he he just needed this cocaine, you know, so he plotted to rob banks in Alabama, and they pled guilty to it. You know, and took another mongrel with him here. So that's what we have in CI Destiny. We just have all these, you know. Creatures. We have all these creatures, you know, these Jews, these Mongols, uh, pretend to be Christian identity pastors, and that's what we've had. And pretty well, you're, you know, there, there's no, there's no sense to it. There's nothing, there's nothing to be gained by it here. You know, you're wicked. What they, what they tried to do is ride on the coattails of Bertrand Comperay or Dr. Wesley Swift. Yeah. And once they make their little inroad, then the next thing happens, they start saying all the things that are in direct opposition to these men. Oh, yeah. It's only a pass into the room. Then they wear their little name tag around. Okay, I'm I'm a follower of Copperay or I'm a follower of Swift, and then open their mouth and repudiate everything these men have ever said. Yeah. And they don't do it blatantly most of the time. Okay, they just start yammering. And you can listen at it and know these men said no such thing. So that's what has engulfed this CI thing, just like look at what's engulfed all this white nationalism and what has engulfed this thing called Christianity. Well, it's the same entity that's engulfed this thing called the government of the United States of America. Same thing, same group, working to the same end. And that is your destruction. It is the destruction of the white Western culture, man, even though they say, oh, no, we're out to... To save it. And then do everything in the opposite direction. They don't have to save anything except money in their bank account. And in the interim, collect names. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to get everybody's name. We're going to see how much they're giving. So this seed of the serpent's got all the inside information. Look at these names. I didn't have to go to Ancestry about this 
thinkism. <laughs> I know what a think is, what a think always has been. Give <clears throat> the Judas kiss, and you think they're being friends. And now, uh, Dewey, what you were saying about saving, you know, how are they going to save? How are they going to save the white Western European men uh, when they can't save themselves? You know, and I'm I'm just sort of getting on track with that. I've been, you know, a so-called white nationalist for a few years now. I'm 21, but I'm uh, getting pretty discouraged with a lot of it, especially lately. So, well, the reason it is lately for you is you are growing and learning. If you'd come into it with the knowledge you have today, at the beginning, you wouldn't have hung around long. Uh, Brian was Brian was all mad at me, uh, you know, for about the past part, you know, past month, because uh, there was this character named uh, Tom Bowie here. I call him Uncle Tom's Zog Pig, and old tattered flag, uh, you know, he just blew up at me when I was. Uh, when I was ridiculing this uh, boob from D.C., a.k.a. Wolfowitz Wailing Wallstein, I was asking whether or not he had Metzger in the bottom of the trunk here because it looked like he'd taken over Metzger's webpage two years ago. But uh, all of a sudden, he, he just, you know, Tom Bowie just blows up. He's starting screaming at me. If you don't like D.C., you know, doesn't like that here. Well, anyway, Tedder Flag says, well, Tom, you said that you were a policeman. You were a police officer. What? He's a pig? Well, hey, no wonder he doesn't like talking about Armageddon. No wonder he doesn't like talking about a payback. He doesn't like talking about this sort of thing. So Mark's been sort of annoyed because I uh, you know, have been getting in with this other character, but uh, you know, there's this rich Uberos guy here. And he's at least 65 years old, and every summer he has a job in Alaska. And from what I gather, I've asked is that how in the world does this guy have a guaranteed job at the age of 65 in Alaska? Well, you know, let me just say is that the only way you can have a guaranteed job at the age of 65 is if you're an Indian in Alaska, you're working at the either the tribal, you know, work at the tribal cannery, or you're working at the tribal timber operation. Essentially, what they do is that they make some of these Indians work for their benefits. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tribal thing. You know, a white man is not going to get a job every year, especially if he's age 65 in Alaska. So anyway, I found this. I think I think Brian has I think Brian has eaten enough of pig shit and uh, boob shit and <laughs> boobro shit, and he's sort of woke, waking up like this one character did over on Stormfart. He says, "Oh, when it first showed up in 2003 on V-Bolt, I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread." And then a decade later, I sort of woke up and asked. What the hell have I been doing for the past decade? <laughs> what have I accomplished over the last decade? What has Stormfront accomplished over the last 
you know, over the last decade? And the answer was nothing. No. This, you know, this Emma Heiser, he shows up in 1997, and he's a great follower of Bertrand Compare, and he's going to bring up something they got from Jeannie Snyder, Bertrand Compare's secretary. But around 2002-2003, he starts having a criticism. He doesn't agree with what Bertrand Compare taught. He goes ahead and he adds it at the back here. And then in 2010, when I am ridiculing papist preterism, he goes ahead and he he goes ahead and he equates preterism with premillennialism. Okay, uh, why are you doing that? So I don't think I don't think Emma Heiser has a good reputation at all because people think of him as he brought in think. You know what I mean? And one of the things I criticize, quote, Eli James for is, what are you bitching about think for? You brought him in. You helped bring him in along with Emheiser. And he turned on you because he's a psycho Jew pig. So I think Brian has, over the last week or so, I think he sort of realizes that old Uncle Tom Zog Pig Bowie, what does he have to offer? What does he, you know, he says he's pro-white. What the hell does that mean? What does that prove? What is, you know, what is, uh, what is Wolfowitz Wailing Wallstein here? What, is, what the hell does he have to prove? What the, you know, what, is, what does he have to, what, what the hell is he creating? I mean, if you don't know somebody's real name or what they look like, maybe they're trying to deceive you. Maybe they're trying to fool you. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that people are, I think think Brian has learned something. You know what I mean? Or I hope he has. Maybe, but on the other hand, uh, Thursday night, Thursday night, we had, uh, we had uh, Bruce, you know, Bruce Howard from Australia. And we had, uh, we had uh, Blushing Mary America. And they were both on the same time here. So <laughs> this was Thursday night. So uh, we had a good deal of craziness here. And uh, uh, this morning, Bruce was already turning on me again here. So <laughs> That's a typical schizoid. <laughs> well, he says he ain't schizoid. He just says he's nuts. He ain't schizoid. Oh, well, now we ask the schizoids for their diagnosis. <laughs> he's, a, he's a schizophrenic, and that's not a derogatory term any more than being a diabetic is. That's what he is. He's a schizophrenic. And then he admits... He had meltdowns, you know, all this kind of stuff, he admits. And you don't see that in autism. He wants to say, well, I'm a high-functioning autistic with a super high IQ. Well, that's just more schizophrenia. Well, yeah, if he's autistic, you know, he'll sort of... He won't hear nothing from him. 
Hussein is a person. And there is not one autistic person that says they were possessed with demons and cast them out of themselves. He said these things. I know what it is. It's schizophrenia. You don't like the term? Okay. Makes no difference. That's what it is. He don't stay on his medication. He'll come and get him and take him back. Put him in for a few days until they get him back on his medication. That's why he hates his parents. His parents sought help for him. Now, this thing didn't start really manifesting till a couple of years ago while he was 18. That's when it really starts showing up really bad. It isn't there a little different. Oh, no, they're full-blown by the time they get to 20. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the same age as them, and... But he said I, he said his dad was seventy one, his mother's sixty. Oh jeez. Well then his mom had him pretty old, I guess. Oh she well, he's, he's twenty now. He admits that. He tells you what age he is. Yeah. He was talking about how old he was a couple of years ago. He was eighteen. Yeah. Well, so I guess he's not gonna marry the uh 70-year-old woman no, now, or what? That was that was what Thursday night show was, is that you know, Linda is trying to justify herself. Uh, see her Jew autistic person is not out to get married, much less to a 70-year-old in their 20. <laughs> That's schizophrenia. <laughs> you find <laughs> Phoenix to do things that like that. Yeah, I'm the same age as him, and, but you know, I, I did hear there were a lot of crazy folks in Australia, but I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> but no, it's it's individually. He must be have a few screws loose in the head. Look at who was sent to Australia. Now, I don't mean bought passage to go. Who was sent there? It wasn't the same group. Came to America, none of them were sent here. English government did not send the first person to America. They didn't send a bunch of orphans, a bunch of criminals. So you do see a difference between what's in North America and what's in Australia. Now, there are good people in Australia, but there's some real nutcases there also. What's <laughs> another one, Martin, you talked about, that, that that one that can't figure out if they're male or female? Obi-Gender Bender. Robert, Obi-Gender Bender. Um, That's Australia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's we it's Wheel Off Australia too. 
the poor little critter. The poor little critter. Uh, you know, even the VNN tards here will say, I don't know what the hell, I don't know what the hell, but I think he's not to cause trouble. But he has one hell of a gender identity problem. So <laughs> I end up dying. You take this bunch that wants to hang out in CI, no wonder the people in Australia aren't ever going to listen to them. <laughs> they, too, want to ride on coattails. They, too, have to gain entry through some other name. Well, get, who brought in this OB gender bender? Uh, the pisser possum. Well, what's a pisser possum? <laughs> well, that's that's what what not. And that's people have to say, what do you mean by a what not? Well, it's a contracted form. You ain't, you don't know what they are. Yeah. They're a mixed up bag of tricks. There are what not. I don't know everything that pertains to Obama. I know his mama's a Jew. His daddy's a what not. How many of these niggers in the U.S. of A are purebred, blue-gummed niggers? They have a lot of what nots in them. Even though they look black, they're what not also. They don't know what they are. They think just because they're black, that makes them a race. Well, Obama is not a black man. Obama is seed of the serpent instilled in a black what not. You know, what What was this golfer, this Tiger Woods? What's he, or what not? Some Asiatic Negro mix. But he's a what not. That's a term that needs to start going around, applied to these people. They're just what nots. And then we're shocked because they act different. Whether it's piss or possum or whoever, Jeremy Visser, uh, what what he would do is he would he would play dead. You know, one time one time he uh, he, he announced that he was dead because nobody gave him any money and you killed him. Well, he he would disappear. He would disappear usually for four weeks and a couple of days because Bridget the Idiot would run back home to uh, to Great Bend, Washington. And old Jeremy would follow, but you know, sometimes Jeremy would cause trouble, like in 2009 and 2010. And the mother-in-law didn't like you know, her youngest favorite daughter hooked up with a criminal, pretending to be a uh, to pretend to be a racist maniac. So she would, you know. So anyway, Jeremy had trouble in 2009 in February. But he had big trouble in 2010. He went, he went, he went and caused trouble, 
And so then they got a stalking charge out. He ran back home to around Atlanta, Griffin, Georgia, and he got thrown in jail for three weeks. So then he he cuts a deal with, you know, after about two, three months, he cuts a deal in December. I, you know, I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not Aryan Nation. I'm not, hell, I'm not even white. Here, go look at my brother. Go ahead and look at my brother, Sean Aaron Visser, my full-blooded brother. You know, and look at him. Well, he, he looks like an American beaner. You know, he has a Puerto Rican wife, and he, you know, the Puerto Rican wife has a nigger daughter. So, hey, you know, here's Visser. Why, you know, he admits, he, you know, he admits he's not white. He's running around. He's claiming that I got him in trouble because he runs around as Cherokee Visser, but he also runs around, pretend to be the Unabomber, and then he accuses me. He accuses me of, uh, you know, calling him the Unabomber. He's going to buy. I said, no, look, Visser, you're the one who runs around. If you're going to run around, you know, looking like a, you know, looking like uh, the the old thing about the Unabomber, don't blame me because you're you're the one running around in a hoodie. You're the one running around. I I think I said you're not the Unabomber. You're the Junabomber. You know what I mean? You know, it just depends on whether or not you're, you know, you're sipping, you know, nigger weed residue, you know, in the bong water you're drinking or the meth. And anyway, he uh, he disappears big time in 2010. But what he would do is that in April, April, about this time in April 2010, five years ago, he said, Jeremy Visser is dead. You killed him because you didn't send enough money to come to people's ministries. And he shows up four weeks, and two days later, he's no longer dead. You know what I mean? So I said, hell, you're, you know, you're, you're, just like, you're just like this damn old possum. It just plays dead here when, the, you know, shit gets too rough. So I said, you know, hell, you're not just an ordinary possum. You're a pisser possum. <laughs> that's where I got, you know, that's where I came up named pisser possum was from, 2010, when he disappeared, but I found out he disappeared in 2006. He disappeared in 2007. I don't know if he disappeared in 2008, but he disappeared in 2009, and big time in 2010. And in February, in February 2012, I think he, you know, his brother was told he wasn't going to play CI dentistry no more, and he said, "Hey, you know, my full-blooded brother, you know, I, I want you to take down these pictures of me and my." stepdaughter and all this sort of thing because they're hurtful here and you know Jeremy he isn't why he's a Cherokee and and some other stuff here and from my gather his father is called Pieter Pieter Visser he is a Dutch Sephardic you know he's a Dutch Sephardic Jew and whatnot origin and his mother is a Cherokee and other stuff you know what I mean his mother his mother gets tribal benefits, but Jeremy, you know, this or doesn't. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's what they are here. And uh, Martin, that kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, Andre, as you call him, Andre the Nigger Anglin. Uh, exactly. That's There's like a fake picture of him uh, with like makeup on and stuff, and like a fake death that he did a few years ago. <laughs> Well, he, he was running around with it. He was running, and that's what I was trying to tell old Boob. I call him Andre the Nigger. You know, why, you know, why do you need a DNA test? Can't you tell what a nigger looks like? 
you know, he looks like a high yellow nigger. You know, and hell, he had a, you know, four years ago, he was an anti-racist activist. And then he had, until, what, a year and a half ago, he had a picture of him running around with 12 or 13-year-old Filipino little mini dragon later, you know, who's, you know, you know, running around in a Filipino thing, talking about jailbait girlfriend. They took it down a year and a half ago. And he'll give you a DMCA complaint if you go ahead and put it up on YouTube. You know what I mean? Hell, he was an anti-racist nigger with a, you know, with a jailbait port, you know, Filipino girlfriend a couple of years ago. Now he's a great white nationalist leader. you got to be shitting me. That's why I was telling old Boob. And old Boob, well, he doesn't, you know, old Boob, what, last year said, Andre has a weird-shaped head here. Yeah, he has a weird-shaped head. He's part nigger. You fucking <laughs> idiot. But, there's, al- there's also this guy, uh, I, I, his last name's like Allenheimer or something, and um, and he he's a real Jew-looking guy, and he lives in the Middle East. I think he lives in, like, Lebanon and and he was, you know, his nickname is Weave, uh, W-E-E-V, and and he was like always a uh, like an internet hacker kind of troll, and he even admitted to some, you know, magazine that he was a Jew, and and now he's like supposedly, you know, on our side, you know, <laughs> fucking joke. Do you know what I'm talking about? They hide out in every group. They just pretend to be. You know, I'm one of the guys. <laughs> yeah, you are one of the guys. It's just like this bunch, CI. They think I'm out to get anybody out of their group? Heck no. Don't want none of them. Those people are under strong delusion. All that God wakes them up, they won't be hanging out there. They will have already left your little group. I want no one from that group or these nationalists, white nationalists. You know, the sooner they all go away, we will have a refining. White don't make right. White makes what we got today. It's all evil. People say, well, Dewey's not a Christian. You got that right. They say Christian's evil. Every tenet of it is evil. There is not one thing taught. <laughs> that isn't evil. I've offered the challenge to all these guys, whether it's CI or whatever, come and defend Christianity. Tell me one thing that they are not teaching that isn't in direct contradiction to the Word of God. I don't have a clue what's in it. 
like a bunch of little old birds that are a day old with their little mouths wide open. Okay, Grammy and all the evil. No, I don't want nothing of them. I'm not out for anybody's members. God sends us people that didn't come from those backgrounds. They got over it. They left them. They're gone. So I rejoice. White nationalism is dead. See, guys, dead. There's no life in it, and the numbers are dwindling. Just like your guest said, Martin. Everything's looking a little different today than it did a year ago. It's it's in. Let I don't. This morning's show was uh, you know here's Fink talking about Mongols, but. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, here they had, you know, here, here's Finkel Shimi and Savan Packyshanks. He calls himself Savan Longshanks. Well, my Gary's a Mongol named Tony, Tony uh, Young or something like that. And the critter, his own damn picture, they used to have up on, uh, on Andre the Nigger's, what, Total War Retardation or, 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 or Daily Spermer, the Daily Spermer. What happens is he looks like, you know, he looks, you know, most Packies do not have big Jew noses, but he has a big old camel nose. And I says, hey, that, you know, probably that, you know, on some then Packy shakes, that, that, you know, that camel nose arrives an inch before the camel and two inches before Fink's foreskin. <laughs> and here they are talking about, you know, Cognitive dissonance in white nationalism. Well, hey, you have a nigger nose kike and you have a camel nose packy. I mean, if you went ahead and put them two pictures together, you want to talk about cognitive dissonance? And increasingly, I mean, I, I was looking at this this Heidi Byrich article, and you have you have Wiggersquill essentially admitting that he brought this character that he'd known for years he was buddy-buddies with. I remember fighting with both, I call them congenitally creatarded. Uh, what happens is that right about, oh, 2000, 2012, there was this older skank named Susan who lived in Atlanta. And she needed three hundred dollars from old. Well, two, it was around two thousand and eleven. She needed money because she had a whole bunch of rotten teeth here, and she didn't have the money to pay for it. So she begged old Wiggersquill because Wiggersquill, you know, gets a crazy check at least from Zog. And so she begged Wiggersquill. She begged old Will Williams, or I call him Wiggersquill. We lost. Sometimes I call him Buffalo Wiggers, well, we lost because supposedly he beats his humps. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, but in any case, you know, she begged him for $300 to get her rotten old teeth pulled out so she could get some dentures here. She had enough money for dentures, but she didn't have enough money to get her teeth pulled. So she begged Noel Wiggers, well, why he was going to just give her the money. 
he I found that out from reading the four you know the four fags leaks here, but he wanted he wanted her to get him and heading the meerkat you know a k a scott you know Scott Spidell, I call him heading the the cast fluffing meerkat I'm calling him heading the meerkat because essentially he's like a little meerkat you know he's just he's not really a leader, he's just some little He's just some little critter who writes whatever the hell, you know, pro trader Glenn Miller, pro whatever. So, I, so, you know, uh, he says, "Well, get me back on VNN. Get me back on that Jew boy Linder's, you know, Greater Free Range Tard Corral and Gloff me bag, you know." And this is when Trader Glenn Miller was alive, uh, paying for it. Well, he's still alive, but he's not paying for it, presumably. But anyway. Susan came back and said that Linder will let Hattie the Meerkat come back on, but he won't let he won't let uh, Wiggerswill back on because Wiggerswill's an asshole. That's about what it boiled down to. Well, from what I gather, uh, he he went ahead. You know, Wiggerswill gave her the three hundred dollars, but he wanted some back, and she didn't. She didn't. She, she was only able to get Hattie on. And so she didn't give it back. So he, you know, he went ahead and was nasty about it. And so he, she went ahead and ratted out his uh, buddy, buddy, uh, what was his name, Randolph uh, uh, Dillaway. Went ahead and ratted out Randolph Dillaway, and then the Southern Poverty Law Center got, you know, got, you know, got the name of this, you know, of this character here. So anyway. From my gather, he brought in he brought in this Randolph Dillaway, who he used to be real buddy buddies with, and suppose this guy's an accountant. He goes ahead and he looks, he goes ahead and digs through this shit ever since after Pierce got the four hundred thousand dollars and sees that hey, there's three hundred there's there's three hundred and two thousand dollars given for cutting down all these trees on uh, Pierce's uh, property. And nobody, you know, nobody knows where it went except for Eric Levy's pocket, presumably. And he's looking at that, and he's looking at about what two million dollars, you know. And this is not counting the four hundred thousand dollars. And pretty well, from what I gather, they're all it's sort of like you know some of these modern clans. Why you know shit? There's only one. You know, there might be three clansmen in this clan, and two of them. You know, one of them works for the BATF and the other one works for the FBI, you know, or the ADL. As this, there's only one real classman there. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that sounds like the same thing. And from what I gather, earlier this month, you know, this crazy bitch that packs a gun goes ahead and finds out something. She runs him off, and you know, he he's escorted back to get his shit here. He's running for his life here, and his buddy, you know, you know, they're, they're talking about, but. I get the impression that Wiggerswill is talking to Heidi Byrick all the time. He's talking to Southern Poverty Law Center all the time here. And, oh, on Carolyn Yeager's show, on Carolyn Yeager's show, I used to have this guy named J.B. Campbell. And, uh, you know, I'd get sent him an email saying that she was going to ask the mouth of his character named Fink. And he's sort of like Dewey. He uh, he knows what a think is. So instead of saying rat me out, he kept on saying I got thinked out. I got thinked out. I got thinked out. I got thinked out. <laughs> he totally didn't like it. But 
on this one, I don't know if you still got the uh, I don't know if you still got the comments here, but he said that he tried to uh, you know he tried to uh, Pierce tried to have him organize organize a national alliance ring in California, and he says, hey, you know, there, there's this asshole here that you brought in. He's the stupidest asshole I've ever seen. He calls nothing but trouble, named Will Williams. You need to get rid of him here if you're going to have any, you know, I, you know, he says he's your membership director, but he's really your non-membership director because he's just a big asshole. He causes trouble with all the people who say they're Christians. And supposedly he said, J.B. Campbell says that William Pierce said, I can't get rid of him. You know what I mean? Will Williams, I believe, was sent in to make sure as membership director that Pierce would never get anywhere. It, it really, Pierce's compound was nothing more than an Elohim city for creatards. That's all it was. That's all, that's all it was. You, you get you get these, you know, young tards in there here, and most of them are you know mamsers or whatnot, and that's all it was here. And Covington gets in trouble for saying, "Well, guess what? You know, he uh, he essentially was allowed to do all sorts of shit that wouldn't normally be done. You know, and everybody knows he got this money. Where did he get this money?" And everybody knows that Pierce got money from the order. He got four hundred thousand dollars from Bob Matthews. So now, now they're looking in. There is a big fight between the National Alliance rest, you know, Restoration or Retarded Group. I call them the Noggers, and they have Sanders Pierce. They have a number of people. Yeah, it's no pretty way. much what the acronym sounds like, Noggers. <laughs> I call them Noggers. You know? <laughs> I call them narkers. But I think the whole purpose is, you know, finding this $2 million, essentially what's left of that here, you know, after that here. I'm not sure if Levy and Will Williams or anybody's going to go to jail. I think what they're going to do is they're just simply going to say, hey, you owe $2, trillion, you know, you owe $2 million, you know, pay up. Pay up. And what happens is that'll be the end of the quote NA National Alliance. I mean, what do they got? They got some book. They got some books. They got some books which essentially you can get for free. I mean, Dewey looked at you know looked at that there's only one of uh, there's only one copy of uh, uh, let's see what's his name uh, Commander Rockwell's uh, White Power or something like that. Bunch of other Martin, it was Rockwell. He's only listed once with the book, this time, The World. Okay. But anyway, I need to get off and go back to work. I've got about 10 hours. I've got to get done. Okay. And, and well, I'm going to get off and let you and your guests go ahead. We're going to be kicked off in about 10 minutes anyway. But I saw <laughs> that article, and I thought, I'm going to call in. Yeah, I, I I've been a little remiss with what I've got to do. So y'all have yeah. a, you know, a good broadcast, and I'm going ahead and get off. Okay, thank you, Dewey, for calling in. Uh, the show's going to be ending in about five minutes. So you have a good one, Dewey. Thanks for calling in. All right, take care, sir. 
Anyway, we're going to be kicked out anyway. Uh, I'm having problems logging back in. No telling what the damn Nimbuster Tards are doing. They're probably running wild like, well, the Tards they are here. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's another thing that's funny is old Welling Wallstein here. Did you go ahead and see? Is that I was the only one who was, you know, well, other than the guests here, I was the only one who was blocked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Old Wolf Wits didn't want me chewing on his ass here. We're, we look like we're going to go ahead and get some serious ass chewing done because he went and got a beer, and I was going to chew on his ass about, you know, if you're going to say prove it, that means that, uh, hey, you need to go ahead and look for yourself here. Like, you know, he admitted he was not going to look up Ancestry.com. He said he was, and he said he wasn't because he didn't want to find out what fake Ancestry was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he probably got wasted and passed out. No, 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 I don't. I mean, that's what happened when I had Virgil on. You know, Sunday now, he says, I am I am drunk, but I'm not Virgil. I'm not Virgil drunk. I said, what's Virgil drunk? Oh, when I pass out. <laughs> okay, well, okay, for an hour, you were just what I would call drunk, but you weren't Virgil drunk, and then he was supposed to call old Slaptima, and then Slaptima, you know, Slaptima had, uh, Slaptima had, uh, you know, didn't call in, or maybe he just, he hung up, and he became Virgil drunk. He drunk enough to where he just passed out. And then about two or three hours later, I hope Morton ain't mad. You know, this is on the shop box over at Stumbleweb. I hope Morton ain't mad. Uh, but I, I passed out. <laughs> so, in case, oh, I just wanted to say, you know, um, all you know, what I was talking about before. I'll, I'll stay true to my word. Uh, you know, I'm no, 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 no. Look, there is nothing wrong with entertainment. You know, I don't get down on SS John for running around in a Harley. I don't take it serious. I don't take it seriously. He may think he's biking for Jesus. I don't think he really is. You know, maybe Jesus don't know about it. But hey, there's nothing wrong with riding a Harley and going to a clubhouse and getting drunk and slapping each other around if that's what you want to do. And there's nothing wrong with getting on a talk show show. I don't mind the Nimbuster Tars getting on there and showing their ass. It don't really matter. Okay, well, uh, we got cut off by talks to you uh, after, what, four hours and 50 minutes or so. Uh, I never did find out whether Long Island Brian uh, called in to the uh, Uncle Tom Zog Pig show, although it doesn't really matter. Uh, I was glad that Dewey Tucker was able to make a call because he had, uh, well, business. He keeps sort of irregular hours. And, uh, hey, I'm re-engineering this show. So, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and say, Hail victory. May Yahweh bless ye who are of Yahweh. Yahweh. And good night.
in black are we? Hi, hi, oh, and we'll stamp out dogs here under. Just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.